Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. Y'all used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. It's funny every time. Like, no matter how many times we do it, it's funny 100% of the time. Because I watch the wind-up for it every week, and this shit is still fucking hilarious. Still can't see it coming. Uh, the Realest Podcast ever. We back. I'm your host, C. Diddy. I'm Matt Makes Me Sick, man. Uh, we are back at the Fantasy Factory again uh, with another special guest. We are really celebrating uh, Women's History Month, International hey, Women's Day, and the whole nine. We are rolling. We are supporting black women around this genre. And um, today's guest is the founder, CEO of FBF Body, which started as a fitness challenge over 10 years ago has transformed into an inclusive athleisure and shapewear empire with millions in sales and worldwide media coverage. What FBF Body represents... Wait, do this shit. No, I, I, listen, 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 listen. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh, Ted Brokaw around this job. You know what I'm saying? I get my research on. Come on. Uh, what FBF Body represents is an earnest start to the body positivity movement long before it became a mainstream talking point with a mission to support women of all shapes and sizes on their individual fitness and health journeys. Zakia Blaine represents a true American success story and using entrepreneurship to create not only the life you want for yourself, but affect change in others. Welcome to the show. TRP Nation, give it up for Zakia Blaine. That was, that was fancy. Yeah. That was, uh. Chad is like, I would have just like, yo, Zai here. I mean, we about to kick it. That's what I thought it was going to be like. Oh, it's Zai. We know her from back in the day. You know, we about to talk some shit. But I like that. That made me sound very accomplished. No, you know, I mean, you, I am. I was about to say, I am. I'm, yeah, you've you know, done a, you've done a lot. Small. We yeah. can't play small anymore. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, speaking of, you know, we go, we go back. <laughs> Uh, starting with the beginning in mind, when we met 13, 14 years ago, I knew you as the teacher. Yes. Um, that was your oh, social yeah. media handle teacher. and your profession. Yes. So how does Zakia Blaine transition from the teacher to the entrepreneur, business owner, brand builder? Well, I still feel like I am still a teacher in what I do. I just do it in a different capacity. Got I don't it. teach students anymore. I teach people all over the world. Um, and so for me, it was just still had the mindset of I became a teacher to help children and I started FBF to help people. So it's right. really kind of one in the same. It's just instead of teaching badass kids, I'm teaching people <laughs> who actually want my help. You get what I'm saying? That's yeah. the reason why I stopped teaching. Like I literally walked out of the classroom one day after one of my students made fun of my wig. Um, <laughs> Badass kids, man. Badass kids. He was doing something, and I was like, "Put your headphones away." He was like, "Get out my fucking face with your whack ass wig." And I was like, "You know what? I've had enough." What grade was this? This was seventh grade. All right, seventh grade. Seventh grade, grade school. Yeah, they're yeah, a little unruly. Over at, Hue, over at Huey on Fifty Second and Pond. At twelve, yeah. They you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, "Get out my fucking face with your whack ass wig," and I said, "You know what? I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't need this shit." I respect the hell out of teachers, man. I, my mom was a teacher. To be a teacher is a rough gig. That is a it, rough. it is. It is. And at the time, I had just been diagnosed with a brain disorder, and so I was again. I was out on disability, and I was like, "I don't need this shit. Like, I can collect my check." Yeah. And going about my business. Shout out Big Reed. Ran and into Big Reed, had them papers. Big Reed had them papers. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't throw these papers out. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, that disability. and I think FBF had just started, you know, I used to have my students, like, 
folding t-shirts and shit after school if they was on. You, know, oh, you want some extra credit? Lock that door. No, they had detention and stuff. If they had like detention and stuff, like uh, like the wire, yo, lock that door. Like, yeah, they had detention and stuff. You know, they would like fold t-shirts for me in the classroom or whatever, or like my students that I really liked that always wanted to help me, they would come do stuff for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, went out on disability. thirty cents an hour. Y'all fold these shirts. You listen, know what I'm saying? Listen, you know, I used to bring them food, all kinds of stuff. And so I went out on disability. And then the school district was like, you know, you either have to come back to work or you have to retire. And so I came back because I had two kids. I got diagnosed with a brain disorder. I needed my insurance. I needed right. that good school district insurance. Right. Now, you yeah. know about good benefits. Oh, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm actually doing better now on benefits. <laughs> I, figured, I, I figured out a way. Well, yeah. you Found know, a workaround. Yeah, I got Listen, a workaround. You the know school what I'm district has amazing benefits. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I was like, my I mom, need my I benefits. My mom's a teacher. She had a... Personal choice. And that was like, the you don't need no referral. Nothing. Like, just walk right in. Amazing. Uh, no co I, I got an aneurysm. Take that, take that out. Like, get no real. Nothing. Like, yeah, that was, that was So true. I was like, you know, I didn't want to. FBF was doing okay, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was, was what it yeah. was. Um, and then I went back to school, and my principal was like, uh, Ms. Blaine, we're going to put you in a third grade class. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm out. It's crazy. I've heard from teachers that the younger is actually. I don't like little kids. Yeah, it's like they be Mm-mm. like, it's a lot more headache, a lot yeah. more work. So yeah. I was a teacher for 11 years. I taught middle school for most of that time. Okay. And when I came back from disability, um, they said, we're going to put you in a third grade class. Now, I had already been down to the district, had already did my retirement paperwork. But again, I wasn't ready right. to retire. But he said, third grade class. I said, yeah, I'll see you later. I'll, I'm, I'll be right back. I yeah. walked down to the office. Oh, no, I literally. It was March 14th. I walked down to the office. I said, hand me my retirement paperwork. I want to sign it right now. Yeah. I went to the liquor store. I bought two bottles of champagne, and I took myself the green eggs. And that was it. And that was 2014. Oh, shit. And I've been FBF ever since. Damn. So. That's how we got here. Damn, let's talk about stepping out on faith. Like that's like a amazing situation where like you believed in yourself. Yeah, was already in the midst of doing something, but it wasn't what it is now. When you were just like, I'm not teaching these kids. I'm just yeah. gonna figure it out. Yeah, I was gonna literally figure it you, out. Yo, remember when you me you had the conversation about a year ago? I was like, yeah, I'm I'm done with this shit. And he was just like, give me six months, man. Six months, the podcast. We're gonna be we're gonna be ready. I'm just like, nigga, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. <laughs> You got to step out on faith. And that was uh, was 2014, so that was literally only two years into FBF. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, We were making money, but it was, you know, it was good. I was making more than what I was doing teaching. Mm -hmm. And even at then, I wasn't really, like, making that that much money, but I knew it had the potential to be what it was. And so it was really just, again, stepping out on faith and allowing God to use me. And literally, because, again, I was scared with my insurance and having a brain disorder, that whole year I wasn't sick. Like, I didn't have to go to the doctor or oh, nothing. Damn. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Like, before that, You're I was like, this job is killing me. Yeah. It was the job. Yeah. It was the job. But once I left, I didn't get sick. I didn't have to go to the doctors. So I didn't even need my insurance. You right. know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that was what I was scared of the most is that I yeah. wasn't, wasn't going to have no insurance and I was going to be in and out of the hospital. And that I didn't think, I so I left in March. I don't think I needed to go to the doctor until November mm. of that year. So that whole summer, I was fine. Yeah. And it really was just stepping out on faith. And then here we are now, what, 2023, almost 10 years after I retired. And I was, what, I'm 44 now, so I was 30-something. I retired young. Yeah. Yeah. And I left. That's amazing. So what was it, uh, if you had to kind of, like, retrace your steps, what was it that created the, the, like, the exponential growth of, like, from this year to this year, we really grew. Then this year, this year, we did better than that. Like, what were some of the things that was going on in and around your business that you feel like made it 
blow up the way that it did. Well, I always say God made me get fat again so I could become rich. So remember I was just telling you how in 2017 my doctors told me that if I wanted to walk when I was 50, I had to stop working out. So at the time, you know, I'm training all hard, doing dumb shit. You know how you be in the gym doing all that dumb shit. <laughs> I got this fitness challenge. You know I got to be the representative. I'm doing all this stuff. But I was literally getting cortisone injections in my knees, cortisone injections in my back, just to go ahead and be able to maintain. Right. Cortisone injection in my knee. That, that, is, that is like dope. Listen. Dog. I didn't have, I don't have any cartilage in my knees. Oh, wow. Oh, really? So, you know, I went to the orthopedic doctor and he was like, if you want to walk when you're 50, you have to stop right. doing this. You have to stop training like this. So I'm one of those people, if I'm training and if I'm trying to lose weight, I have to maintain a certain level of workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't. So yeah. then I started to pick up the weight again. So mind you, this is 2017. FBF started 2012. So we're five years in. So I'm the head of this fitness company. But yet here I come gaining weight. You know how the Internet is. Yeah, she's getting fat again. That's what we was going to do. Internet, cruelty, how she gonna, like, how she's she spending gonna, our money on these five star meals. She ain't working out. How she gonna tell us how to lose weight when she getting fat again? Da 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 da. I seen her getting crimped. You know what I mean? Like, no, you real, know how like, they, you know how they do, and you yeah. know how they can be not knowing. But I think, super judgmental. I think for me, because I didn't hide, and a lot of people on the internet, because I started FBF in a time when Instagram was first starting, right? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why it became so successful. Because mm-hmm. in, Instagram was new, free marketing. What I did, what I created yeah. actually worked, you know, and people were sharing it. And so other people started to jump on the bandwagon. Like, I literally had people copy my challenge word for word. And, like, would join my challenge just so they could get the information. Right. Right? Um, and so over so many fitness challenges. And then a lot of those people, when they started to gain weight or started to do something, they disappeared. Yeah. I didn't. I stayed. stayed present. Yeah, I stayed present, and I showed people that this is the reality of weight loss and fitness for somebody who is and has been fat their whole life mm-hmm. and has a food addiction. This comes with the the you know the territory of it all, and so because I didn't hide and because. I was there and showed up and still was working out and still was eating healthy. People saw that, oh, she ain't just out here fucking around. This yeah. is like she's really true to this. And it was relatable right? because other people have been through that as well. Right. And so because of that. Yeah, you don't, it's not always winning seasons. Exactly. You have a couple because I showed up, people were still there to support me. And what happened was at the time I was in Florida or something, I had to go somewhere. So I went and bought some shapewear. And this shapewear was amazing. Like, you know, women wear shapewear. I've been wearing shapewear girdles, all that stuff all my life. I had bought this shapewear, and it was amazing. And this was like Snapchat was around as well. And I had posted it on Snapchat, and literally like 800 people had screenshot it. And in my head, I'm like, if all it, again, this is before influencer marketing and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and shit like that. You know what I mean? You're like, damn, if I had 800 of these to sell. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what was in my mind. I literally said, if 800 people right now are screenshotting this and wanting to buy it, and I can get it on my website and sell it, they can buy it from me. Mm-hmm. So I literally reached out to the manufacturer of the company that same day. I sent the email. I said, this is me. This is my website. We already have a built-in clientele. Yada, 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 yada. How can I sell this product? And they looked at my website and they literally approved me. Now, this is a, com- a shapewear company that's been in business for 30 years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, we can partner with you. 
And so I started selling shapewear. Like I said, God made me get fat. So I could, <laughs> so I, could I say this all the time. Like I got fat so I could sell shapewear. It's a lot of divine. The there's, there's a lot of divine intervention in exactly, your story. Exactly. That was literally the pivot that took me to a million dollar business. Yeah. Right. So, um, I start selling shapewear and it's not really moving like that. Maybe we're doing like 25 sales a month, whatever. And so then I was like, Hmm how can I sell this product in a different way? And so I started what's called Getting Dressed With Zai. Now, I'm sure y'all seen my videos of me getting, like, in my drawers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've, watched, I've watched a few of them. You know, one or two. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> literally, I started Getting Dressed With Zai, and so I was literally showing people how it actually worked. Right. And once we did that, we literally took off and went to a million-dollar business. And then we had celebrities wearing our shapewear on the red carpet, the Oscars, the Grammys, and stuff Damn. like that, and tagging us. And, like, my shapewear is from FBF, and it's literally the best shapewear around. And so, literally, that's how we went from one place. That was our first pivot, right? Okay, got it. And then our second pivot came at the pandemic, right? Um, the pandemic, nobody could go out anymore. So mm-hmm. who needs shapewear if you can't go outside? Exactly. Right? But we had leggings. Now everybody in the house, they're working from home. Mm-hmm. They want to be comfortable, right? We got the best leggings in the world. Next. Yeah. That took us from million-dollar business to multi-million-dollar business okay. because everybody was in the house. They had their PPP money. They were shopping like fucking crazy. Yep. Hey, y'all sell watches? You know what I mean? I watch and the leggings. One day, a little shipping together. Like, we, they, we they were shopping like crazy. Yeah. Um, we did Good Morning America, we did The View, um, and literally, it just, that was the next pivot, and that was the next step up for us. Yeah. So, and here we are now. Now, last year, business is kind of, because you know, people ain't got Readjustment, yeah, readjustment. We, we ain't got it time. Exactly. Right? We ain't got exactly. it. Exactly. But still doing better than, what well, we were still a multi-million dollar business, but not I think when people when the pandemic hit and people started getting that PPP money, yeah. they thought that that was how everything was. And they thought that was the new standard, right? Oh, yeah. The new standard. When yeah. now we are really kind of balancing out yeah. what it's supposed to be yeah. right now. So I was watching um, <laughs> an episode of uh, I think it was Joe Button's podcast recently. He had the master investor on there, and he was basically saying like the things that go on in the economy um, as far as consumer spending habits and interest rates and all that, like the stuff that happens now, you don't feel it until three to four months from mm-hmm. now. So a lot of people in the midst of that pandemic, they getting all of this money, not realizing like, nah, this shit going to end at some yeah, point, exactly. but they just living like it's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they didn't set themselves up with that money that they was getting to create more economy for themselves when exactly, the money ran out. Exactly. And that's yeah, why so many just, people are stuck right now. They was yeah. balling out, not taking that money, not saving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as far as like me, as far as business, you start to look at consumer spending and that's how you base your inventory. So it's like, okay, at the time of the pandemic, we ordering all this damn inventory. But then as we're leveling it out now, it's like, those inventory orders got to come down because people mm-hmm. ain't buying like they exactly. used to. So I don't want to have excess inventory in my warehouse. So now it's like, I know what it is from now on. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm doing that. Yeah. If you notice like a lot of uh, businesses now have like a lot of them that started post pandemic or at the like tail end of the pandemic, they're all using the same pre-order model mm-hmm. or drop or some form of drop shipping or right. whatever like that. So that they don't got to worry right. about them inventory levels and potentially right. go in a hundred thousand on inventory and then be stuck with, 
$87,000 worth of inventory. Exactly, exactly. So it's like you see those small little shifts and, um, you know, the way the businesses is operating, it kind of tells you, like, yeah, consumer spending is down big time. Big it's, time. It's crazy because we, we, we had Ron on the show from Uncut. We had Barb on, you know, from Tasty's. And we were talking about how the pandemic affected you know, the bar business or the mm-hmm. restaurant business and something as simple as like leggings. You don't think that the pandemic affected that. But then you realize like, oh no, the panorama really fucked up everything. Yeah. Like it really mm-hmm. shifted every single business out here. It did. A and wild again, time and then for us, like again, the pandemic took us from here to here, but then now it's like, eh, you know what I mean? We coming yeah. back down yeah. to Regular. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the it's thing just is, a readjustment. We don't even know where the bottom is yet. Like right. it's like it, like if the if the plane is nose diving, we don't know when we're gonna stabilize. Right. Yeah. We're still trying to figure it out. Right. Chicken wings was market price. So we, <laughs> so we don't know what's going on. It's wild out here. Yeah. It's like the wild, wild fucking west out here. It's really it's it's crazy out uh, here. I was in a uh uh, Costco the other night, you know they got the frozen wagus, like the the A five. Yeah. Hundred and ten dollars a piece. A piece? $110. I could go to... I'm just like, I, what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening, y'all? Like, I could go to Del Frisco's Grill and get one of these for the same price. They'll right, cook it. Right. <laughs> and that's crazy. A lot of times now, it's more, less expensive to eat out than it is to buy He's been saying that for house. months. It's he, crazy. Like, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the grocery thing. He was like, yo, at this point, you might as well just go to Steak 48 every night. Exactly. Like, just, get somebody to make it for you. You ain't yeah. got to cook it. It's, it's just yeah. done, and you and you got it good. So. Yeah, like, it's, it's all crazy. The pandemic was really a... Uh, I think they're going to be talking about it 50 years from now, the way we talk about, like, the boom after World War II mm-hmm. or, like, Vietnam. Like, it's it's one of those, like, cosmic shifts of life. Yeah. You know, people became who they became. People lost who they was. Like, yep. pandemic was... It was a thing. And yeah. my thing, my... We got, we got a lot of classes of old bottles, though, sitting around. <laughs> my mindset is, because you know how we had the, the great resignation during the pandemic? Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the effects of that is going to be. Exactly. And right. how that plays out. Because how you don't want to fucking work. Like, yeah. to me, that's wild. Like, yeah. you, nobody wants to work yeah. at all. You yeah, just want to like, live for free. And it's like, you got to do something. And it's something. like, whether, yeah. whether you're going to go to work and, you know, on a W-4 job and get a W-2 at the end of the right. year, or you're going to go and work for yourself, you or you're going to go and create a partnship with somebody or be a digital nomad or whatever. <laughs> you got to do something to, to generate economy. was like offering shit for you to work. Like, why, why, like, like you get a hoagie every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> every two hours. That was what this shit, remember in the window? You get a free. And the red posters. Yeah, you get a sizzly. You get <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, like McDonald's was paying. Yeah, flex pay. Yeah, flex pay every 24 hours. Yeah, right. the, the people don't want to work. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And again, you, we older, so we come from a generation of, exactly. like, I've been working since I was 14 years yeah. old. Right. I don't know nothing about not It was working. pride in having a job. Oh. What? Oh, I, I got a job that. at Wendy's when I was 14. Yeah. I was excited about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I want a job. And yeah. I've had a job since then, and I've worked for the last, I'm so fucking old. <laughs> I've worked for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And that's why I decided to take a sabbatical this year. So I'm, yeah. I'm literally taking a year off now. So I'm literally in the midst of, I'm like three months into my year off. I've seen you talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired the sabbatical? What made you say, this is the year that I'm just, I'm not going to do nothing? Um, or well, tone it down? Because you, you're, you're a brand owner. You can't do nothing. But yeah. you can tone it down. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm still working. Yeah. But I'm not working, working, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll kind of explain that. But <clears throat> um, my mental health, like I was just telling Matt, that I literally took a Xanax before I came here because I'm I have very bad anxiety. Yeah. And so um, last year after we turned ten, we had our ten year anniversary. Had a big old three day weekend at the W. Y'all killed it. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah. Real quick, how was that? 
It was amazing. The three-day weekend. It was amazing. It seemed lit. Like, it was amazing. We had Mercedes from Pew Valley there. Um, We had a bunch of big-name business owners. You know, I always say I'm everybody's favorite CEO, favorite CEO. You know what I mean? Like, the girlies love me. So, um, they all showed up for me. And it was amazing. Like, we had a three-day weekend, three different events. Um, No, we had five different events Mm -hmm. all at the W. But the thing about it was I didn't feel no type of way about it. As What do you mean? I wasn't happy. It was just like ho-hum, just like I'm just going through the motions. Yeah, exactly. Everybody was asking me, like, how do you feel? And how you did it? Like, you just had this big accomplishment. And I was like. I'm just here. I'm just here. (laughs) Hanging out. I'm just here. And I knew then that I wasn't in love with my business anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then my anxiety started to come back. And I started having panic attacks. Um. Now, I've had anxiety and PTSD for years, you know. Um, I was in a drive-by shooting years ago. Um, and y'all know my homeboy, Rasheen. Y'all know Rasheen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, good friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the car with him when he got shot. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I was literally bullet over my head. And, and if you know, he got shot seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, my makeup artist got shot once. So I was literally in that car. Yeah. So um, I have real bad PTSD. Um, real bad anxiety and my panic attacks started to come back like to the point where I was like in the ER every other weekend every mm-hmm. other weekend um, and I had to get put back on meds and I haven't been on meds in seven years okay. so the fact that I had to get put back on meds and my doctor and my therapist was like you need to take a break because um, August after we had our 10 year anniversary I literally left and I went to Arizona for a week to a wellness retreat um, to a wellness retreat no phones no nothing and it was amazing, but my therapist was like, "You?" She was like, "You went on that whack ass vacation." She was like, "That wasn't no vacation. Like, you need three to six months off." Um, and so I always wonder: Is the wellness retreat thing worth it? It like, is. It is. It's worth every fucking penny. Okay. It's worth it. You do so many things. Like I did equine therapy, which is horse horses, therapy. Yeah. Yes. That, bit, that horse had me science. fucking crying. I'm in the now, I'm we, sobbing. Now, I'm like, <laughs> now I gotta oh ask because I, I took equine science. Mm-hmm. What the hell is equine therapy? So equine therapy is you go into the what, what the fuck is the stall stable the, the, the thing with okay. the horse. You go into the thing with the horse, and they give you three different activities to do with this horse. So you can either walk the horse, clean the horse's hooves, or brush the horse. Okay. Um, and they say that the horse can literally feel. Mm-hmm. Your energy, everything that you do. Yeah. And the horse won't cooperate with you until you calm yourself the fuck down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my horse wasn't fucking with me. I know that from when we took these points. I know that. Is. He wasn't, and I was, but he could feel my anxiety. Yeah, your anxiousness. Exactly, my anxiousness. So it was like, so then you have the horse, but then you also have a therapist. So the therapist is there and like, why do you feel anxious? What's, what's scaring you about the horse? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I don't have control over the horse. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then it's like, is that how you feel in your everyday life? You don't have control. And I'm like, that's what it is. If I can't control everything. I ain't trying to fuck with I it. I ain't fucking with it. <laughs> and that's where my anxiety comes from. Because I don't have control. And so in my business, I have to have control over everything. Yeah. Which is why I don't have a lot of people who work for me. Because I don't trust people and I can't control it. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so literally that. And so it's the horse and the therapist, and so she's asking you questions, and then you're like, God damn, 
I got a control problem. Yeah, then you have a breakthrough. Exactly. And then you had a breakthrough and then you're sitting there and you're crying and you're like, oh my God, I love the horse. You know what I'm saying? Then, once you, then it's horse like, like the horse is not the problem, I'm the problem. I'm here doing this shit. But once you do it, then the horse is like, once you let go of that anxiety, then the horse is fucking with you. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And it could take, they're there, so it could take anywhere from 10 minutes to 40 minutes. Yeah. And you, it's just you and the horse. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I did equine therapy. I did Reiki healing. Like I did all kinds of stuff. Um, and my therapist was like, yeah, that's not enough. She was like, you literally need to take more time off. But again, me, the person that's in control, where my money coming at? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm going to pay my staff. I don't want to have to lay everybody off because I need a yeah, break and I right. need therapy. Um, so how is that going to work? So I kind of played with that for a little bit. And then I finally just made the decision, like, I am going to go on sabbatical. But also because I didn't, I was trying to decide if I was going to sell my business or just say, bitch, we're going out of business. Everything's for sale. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? right, take, right. take my money and go. And I was like, no, because I believe in FBF so much that I really believe that FBF is, FBF is better than Lululemon. Mm-hmm. It's better than fucking Nike. And I literally, I just did a content shoot in LA last week. And one of my models, she worked for Lululemon for six years. And she said, I've never felt this kind of material before. She said, I worked for Lulu for six years, and this is better. I said, I keep telling the people this. I keep telling them, but I, you know, as much as we've done, I still don't have that marketing budget where you would see FBF everywhere. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the next level. So I've been taking a year off to really reset my business, reset my marketing strategy, um, look at, again, how the pandemic customer spending how we can reach our customer so that we can take it to right. the next level. Yeah. So I'm still working, but I'm not working. Got you. If that, I'm working on my terms. Got it. So have you, um, I guess, started to, I guess, unravel the path of how do you secure that big marketing budget? Like, are you looking at, like, venture capital opportunities? Are you looking at potential taking on a partner or investment or whatever? Like, have you, have you, have you thought about that yet? I have thought about venture capitalists, but see, I funded my own business yeah. from the beginning. I don't like nobody else in my pocket. Right. <laughs> I like to keep my money, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. for me and my kids. Yeah. I got two kids. My son just turned 25, my daughter just turned 16. So it's like, um, and I got a grandbaby. So I'm like, if I don't have to, right. I'm cool with slow and steady and keeping 100% control in my company. Got it. But I also know that I might need another investment yeah. to get me to where I want to go. But I'm going to try my damnedest on my own first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we are looking for venture capital. For venture capital. <laughs> we are totally we, down to sell out. We are totally down to sell out tonight. If <laughs> <laughs> anybody's around, please. Listen, it's the good. The thoughts expressed here by Zakia Blaine are not those the thoughts of me. They need the money. I need the money too, but I need you to give me the money. You get what I'm saying? Like I yeah. want somebody to come and be like, I believe in you so much. I'm going to give you a million dollars. But they're out there also. They yeah. are. Angel investors. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah they're out there also. So I'm looking into that. Like, I want somebody to give me the money. I don't want to have to give it back. I don't want you telling me what I need to do with my company and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want that. Um, but also, I do want the connections. You know what I mean? But I exactly. feel like I've made a lot of connections um, where I am now. And I know yeah. a lot of people. You know how it's like that two degrees of separation. Right. You know what I mean? Like yep. I know a lot of people <laughs> and I know a lot of people who the crazy part is, is that people always mention my name in rooms that I'm not even in. Like right now I'm like, okay, I'm not working, but 
everybody keep coming to me like, Zal, we want you to do this. We want yeah, you, you just that. had an uh, article with Essence Mads the other exactly. day. Yeah. I didn't. She literally slid in my DMs. The editor <laughs> was like, I've been following you for so so many years. This isn't, the people find me. Yeah. And so I think that is also, you know, when you have a good product and you're a good person and you are good to people, people mention your name in rooms. Yeah, that's true. And God, and again, me going out on sabbatical, like I said, this is another thing of me stepping out on faith. Like when I left my job teaching, I'm like, okay, I said I was going out on sabbatical, but literally God has said, nah, we, you're going to yeah, keep on working. Exactly. You're going to keep throwing these opportunities in your lap. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Q just hit me the other day, asked me to come on his new talk show. So I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm, I'm working. Yeah. I'm here, but I'm only doing it for people that I like. Right. So I like y'all. So, you know, I'm here. Hey, <laughs> it's good to be liked. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it is. <laughs> It is good to be liked, and when people like you, they give you things. For sure. And they give you opportunities. Yeah, they so, open doors for you that you may not even you. necessarily know that you need to walk through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, with you taking the sabbatical with the, uh, with the sh- I guess, the stress from the job or mm-hmm. stress from running the company, is it, <clears throat> looking back, is it like you, do you feel like you might have went a little too hard, or what do you think was the overarching issue? Mm-hmm. Where you just like, I'm burnt out, let me take a step back. Because like you say, you like slow and steady. So do you ever feel like you was pressing the throttle too much? I think I was becoming, um, I do too much. I, I was doing too much in real, and I had to realize that, like I said, if I want to carry this business for another 10 years, I can't do it all by myself. Like you just mentioned, not having a lot of staff because exactly. you like having complete control. Exactly. So I was doing social media. I was doing the marketing. I was doing the email campaigns. I was doing, you know what I mean? Because like you only, know you're going to do it the right way. Exactly. So like the only <laughs> thing I had literally gave up was not working at my warehouse anymore and my customer service. Like you oh, was working in a warehouse too. Oh, I, yeah. oh, you crazy. You doing order fulfillment? Yeah. I know. I used to, <laughs> I haven't done it, <laughs> but I will if I need to, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Like if yeah. I need to get in there and do it, I will. Um, but like I haven't done order fulfillment in, I want to say a couple years. My son runs my warehouse. Stand. Okay. So I haven't done order fulfillment in a while, but I was still doing my email marketing. I was still doing my social media marketing. I was still doing, you know, buying from my vendors and designing and like literally yeah. I still do all of that. Um, so I had to hire an email marketing team. I had to hire a social media. Like I literally just hired a social media um, marketing team and I was in LA. They're based in LA. And it was the first time in 10 years. What up? This is Torrey, host of the Hard to Earn podcast. And if you're a fan of music reviews, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Hard to Earn. When my partner Bonesu Thompson and I review your favorite new albums and classic albums on pivotal anniversaries, you know, 10, 15, 20, etc. We review track by track, rating from one to that elusive perfect 10. It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. Here's that I showed up at a shoot and ain't have to do shit. Yeah, I'm like I'm just just here. Like I'm just here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like she had the the campaign, she had my line, she had literally everything, and they were do community management on my social, so I ain't got to respond to no DMs, no comments, no nothing. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. Like I've never in my ten years of being a business been able to do that. 
Right. But I realized that I need to do that to take my business to the next level. Absolutely. Because otherwise I won't be able to. You got to delegate certain responsibilities to people so that you can spend your time on the most important parts of the business and not the minutia or the detail-oriented stuff getting that done. Like, you just need to be an overseer and really be a CEO and, and, and allow people to do what the fuck they need to do in order to grow your business. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I, that was where my breaking point came into play. It was like, you doing too fucking much. You're not delegating. And again, I don't know if it was like, I want to keep all my money to myself, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't even that because I pay people to do everything. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm one of them people. Like if I can pay you to do it, I'm going to pay you to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it was that trust issue. And again, that anxiety of having to have control. So now it's just working through letting go of control and knowing that I made the right choice in hiring certain people. Right. So that's where we are now. How uh, fulfilling is it to you as not only entrepreneur, but as a mother to be able to say my son runs my warehouse for my business and that you created something that is now you can literally pass to him um, or your grandchild or whatever one day that is that you built that's yours. I mean, you would think it feels good. <laughs> you saw my face yeah. when you said my son. Like, we, just went, we, we just went through some things a couple days ago. Um, this nigga. Um, <laughs> you know, you think that that is the case because, again, we come from a different time. Mm-hmm. Many of us, like you, you said earlier, earlier, we're first generation, mm-hmm. not having to work for somebody else, making our own hours, doing our own things. And in our minds, this is the legacy. Like, this is what we wish our parents would have gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my son just turned 25. Um, and me giving him so many opportunities as a young man, it can hinder. Got it. Um, and he can say, I want to do this on my own. I don't want my mom to give me this. Whereas though, like we was talking about the Murdoch's when we got the white families, that nepotism is That's real. up and in there. Yeah. They know that, that uncle Chad is going to give me a job at the law firm. Yeah. I just got to stay on the straight and narrow. Exactly. Yeah. I just don't got to fuck up. Gotta, <laughs> even if I fuck up, <laughs> I'm just still going to work at the law even firm. Even if I fuck up, I should crash a boat. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm still going to be able to show up to work yeah. when I graduate. That's what they bank on. Yeah. But for us in our community, it's a little bit different. Yeah, we got that out the mud out shit. The, yo, like, true story. Yo, my son swear he from the trenches. Nigga, no, you not. No, no. Your mom's a multimillionaire. You're what not. are you doing? <laughs> from the trenches. What are you talking about, no, sir? No. You're not. I saw an event the other night, man, where they, they you know, the whole situation happened the other night, the record label, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the girl was giving a speech, like, you know, we started this label out the mud. And I'm like, he played in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's great, but it's just, yeah. like, this ain't out the... Mo- like, it's yeah, and, and it's just, like, mud. it's okay it's to okay. have, like, provisions and exactly. things set in stone like, for you. Like, kids used to make fun of my son. Oh, yeah, I can believe it. Oh, your mom bought you that. The only reason why you can do this in college is because your mom. Yeah. You fuck right. And that's he, a trauma he, response. He, yeah. You know what I mean? And he feeding into oh, their BS exactly. when they wish they had a mom. I'll be that right could. in it. Yeah, look at this one. 41 millimeter. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, dog, like, you know what I mean? Like, my son went you to see the Hublot? Yeah. I got it. I got, yeah. got the Hublot. That's the big bang right there. Like, yeah, real talk. Listen, like, all the things, you know, my son went to school. Now, again, when I was in college, I lost my full scholarship to Penn State because I got pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. So I had to end up paying for school for myself. So I'm in college i got a one-year-old i'm paying for school from by myself i'm working 
My son's father goes to jail for attempted murder. I'm doing all of this shit at the age of 19. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I got it out the fucking mud, my nigga. Like, <laughs> this is this is struggle right yeah. here. But all you, you got to do is put some shirts in the back. Exactly. <laughs> all you, and yeah. even that, when he went to school, he ain't had to have no job. Nigga, keep your grades up. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You can have your whole college experience without having to be a parent, worry about paying for books, worrying about getting to school. Just go to school and have a fucking good time. Keep your grades up, get your degree. That's all he had to do, and he yeah. did it. You know what I mean? He did it, but people made fun of him. Mm-hmm. And I be like, nigga, yeah. <laughs> say, say it with pride. I, yeah, my mom did pay for this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? My mom did pay for me to go to school. Don't let people trick you out your spot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, make you feel bad because you have better opportunities. It was funny because the other day uh, I had mentioned uh, the Elmwood Park Baseball League in the story. I mean, did you see my joint? I had all the yeah. old shit from the 90s. And AO came on and was like, where the fuck is Elmwood? And I was like, oh, man, it was a lovely neighborhood. All the parents worked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, nothing like 24 for Somerset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing like 24 for Somerset. It was a wonderful neighborhood. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, we have this thing amongst our culture where it's like, if it's not out the trenches and death-defying back against the wall, right. then it's like, it's you didn't earned. do no work. You, you didn't, didn't earn, earn it. And it's just like, no, Robert Kardashian doesn't think that. He's like, and 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 I personally, I'm sick of that. Like, right. I'm just 100% sick of that. Like, just running, it's running amok almost on our people. It's it almost is. like people want to give themselves a fail safe in case shit go left. It's like, no matter how successful I am now, I got it out the mud, I could go back. Yeah. Like, if this shit, if, this shit, if I fuck up, it ain't my fault because I didn't know or I made right. a mistake. Yeah. It's like they're trying to get themselves a fail safe in the event that they fuck it up. Because most times they're going to fuck it up yeah. at some point or another. <laughs> but I think, you know, it drives you. I don't want I don't want to fuck it up. And, I, and again, I think that's the other reason why I work so hard. It's yeah. like, I'm never going back. Never. I like I like my lifestyle too much. Me and her, me and her were walking in today like complaining about coming to, to the city. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even come to the no. city. I'm like, it's cold here. What's no. happening? I want to go back to the suburbs. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah. And it's like, my son's 25 years old. He made more money than most 25 years old. Right. 25 year old. He live in a house that I bought. You know what I mean? He paid me rent, but nigga... It's, you still got a three bedroom house. Yeah, you chilling. Doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> doing great over there. You know what I mean? You got a college degree, and you get to come work for your mom, and you ain't got to worry about you know you got the flexibility. Take your daughter to the doctor if you need to, nigga. Yeah. Get haircut while you on the clock if you feel like it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Long as you do what I need you to do, yeah. and shit get done. It's like it's like unbeknownst to you, you can't be fired unless you just burn the warehouse yeah. down. But yet you literally have to pull out a gun. <laughs> exactly. You literally have to draw but to get you would, fired. You would think that would be okay, but nigga, talking about I still want to get a job for fucking what? For who? For what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, and it's like, That's go funny. ahead, because as a mom, I got to let you go see what's out there. You yeah. know what I mean? And I understand that as a man, you want to go find out on your own. Right. Because um, I think I was talking to somebody, it's, like, it's that Carlton syndrome. Like, you don't want to feel like, you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're, especially as a black young man, you don't want to feel like everything you have is because your mother gave it to you Shit. or this and it. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> Yo, real talk. Like, you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, need to demo card. Like, no, but I, and, and it's funny that we got on this conversation because we talk about nepotism a lot, and never, we never really talk about it from the angle of 
are are the children even ready? Right. Or are they even receptive? Right. Because of what's going on around. Yeah. Are they ready to accept their blessings? Right. And see, my son is. See, also you have to realize my son is different from my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Because my daughter's sixteen. I started FEF ten years ago, so she was six. Right. My son was older, right. so he remembers struggle. Mm-hmm. My daughter just think we fucking rich. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, she yeah. don't. She don't know shit. Mom, can I drive my car to school? <laughs> so yesterday I was telling her about her brother and how he wanted to get in the job. She wow. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Why would you want to get a job? She was like, I would never. And I'm like, but you got a job. You have to serve community service. Like, <laughs> like, what is the reason? Like, yeah, that's funny as shit. Why? And so my daughter. Did he run a follow of the law? <laughs> no, it, it's it's yo, it's wild. And I'm just like, you know, he's like, I want more money, and okay, that's that's cool. If, yeah. if, that, if that's what you want, I'm I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here for it, but. Make sure you know that when you leave here, don't come back. Yeah. And, and I got to hit you with that because right. you don't understand. And I think our kids don't understand what a family business actually means. Right. You know what I mean? And how literally this business is going to set up your daughter. My daughter's daughter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've done all the, all the pillar of. Uh, Putting all the pillars in the ground. I've done that already. Right. The foundation is set. The structure is set. This is already running. All y'all got to do is just get in here and run this shit if y'all feel like it. You know right. what I mean? And I understand some people, you know, don't want to run the family business. Yeah. Um, But you've been working here forever. So it's like, you know, my son been working. My son used to tie-dye socks in the fucking basement mm-hmm. for FBF. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you've been working here forever. Right. Um, and you make a lot of fucking money. Right. And my son made like, how long we here? Still want more money. Still want more money. <laughs> You're 25. I pay you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, I would rather pay my son than pay somebody else. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if I'm going to pay somebody a salary, it might as well be my fucking child. Right. It might as well be my son. I'm not having you in here working for pennies. You ain't yes. just doing it because I'm your mom. Because, you know, some family businesses, you got to work regardless. Yeah, true. You working for free. Yeah. You working for your house stay. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. No, I'm still paying you a good, yeah. a good if, salary if, if, if over here. If you don't here. work, you going back to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You going. So it's, a, a, it, it's, it's like I was telling him earlier, people don't really talk about that transition. Yeah. Of families and where a lot of us are right now in the transition from going from getting it out the mud to our kids never having to see mud at all. You right, know what I mean? Right. Never having to be in the trenches and how they receive that. Yeah. And what it is like to be of means when you weren't. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? For sure. It's I was, a lot. I was having a conversation with a, a friend the other day. She lives in uh, the D.C. area, whatever. We was talking on DM on Twitter, and she was saying, like, responding to a talking point that we had on one of our shows, and she was like, yo, I'm to the point where now I make so much money, I can't even, like, tell my mom how much money I make because she likes to brag, and then it's going to bring so much more, like, weight and responsibility on me, not from her, because I'm already doing what I need to do in terms of my immediate family, but these other tertiary family Mm -hmm. members and people around this and that will start to feel like I owe them something because they were present at my seventh grade birthday party or something like that. And now, like, and I need to give you, you $15,000. I, I was watching about the black text. <laughs> yeah. So it was basically saying how, like, because of nepotism and because things being set up for, like, white kids, when they go to, like, an Ivy League school and they come out and get a $300,000 a year job, 
it's not a, a rarity. It's just them falling in line. Right. But then when you're a black person who goes to an Ivy League school and gets a $300,000 a year job, you're like the savior. Mm-hmm. So now you got to pay this for your mom, pay this for your brother, do this for your cousin, do this and a third. So where your $300,000 a year isn't even $300,000. Right. Right. So you and your white counterpart aren't even making the exactly, same money. Exactly, because you're paying yeah. for everybody else in your family. Right, right. You're so taking care of everybody. I was going to ask you, with you being in this position and having this status, do you feel like it hurts you personally or, or, or socially when it comes to like dating or anything like that? Uh, I, I think it does. Well, I got a man now, but, okay. you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> it took Shout a while. Shout out to Stedman. Huh? No. To your <laughs> he, he definitely ain't that. You know what I mean? I, she got a, she, I got a man now. Yeah. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur, so he has his own business. And I think, but I think for women who are of a certain status, it is hard. Yeah. It is, it is definitely hard because, again, like you said, people say they want a woman that's rich and got money and they think it's, it is what it is. But once you get into it. Right. It ain't always like that. Yeah, because you know it's, it's feelings, it's emotions, it's ego. Ego. Um, I like again. I still would like to. I want to <laughs> see if I can pull it. Off. I would like to get my ego bruised. I would like to. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to know. It's wild. So just say, for example, right? You know, I do. I do a lot of traveling. Right. Yeah. I do a lot of traveling. I I get what I want when I want, however I want. Right. So if. I'm dating somebody and he necessarily doesn't make as much money as me, right? And he has a job or entrepreneur, whatever it is, whatever his job is. Yeah. I want to go to Paris next week. Because I do shit like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Spontaneous like, shit. Spontaneous yeah. shit. Like, I want to go to Paris next week. You want to go to Paris? Babe, I ain't got it. We can go to Paris in three months. No, Nick, I want to go to Paris next week. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, do I have to... Diminish who I am. Dumb your lifestyle and, down and to and the things that I want to do. No, we can go. You just you got to pay for it. So then, <laughs> so then that ends up being the thing. So this like you ever see the Germany when the guy the, the, uh, when she paying for it and it's him standing behind holding her weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the, at the counter. counter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead and like. That's the, that's the can I get can, can I get some socks, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So then that's that's the thing where it's like, okay, I want to go to Paris next week. We gonna go to Paris next week. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay for it. So, but now, you feel like your ego is bruised because so you got some man that's gonna say no, I'm right. not gonna let you pay for that. Yeah, we ain't going to Paris. So now I'm mad. Yeah, because wanna, we ain't going. We ain't going to Paris. <laughs> but I respect you because you a man and you want to pay for us to go to Paris. Yeah. But I'm still fucking mad because I wanted to go to Paris next week. Right, I'll be ready. You get Paris, what I'm saying? Yeah, collar pops. So up. that plays into the dynamic of the relationship because how many times does that happen? Exactly. You get what I'm saying? And, well, and, and I'm just using Paris as an example, but it yeah. could be I want to go on a date or I want to go out to eat every fucking night or I want to go here. I want right. this. I want that. So it's just like these are things that I would do if you weren't here. Right. But because you're here, now I have to take into consideration your ego, your pockets. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, fuck you. I, you get what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, what a lot of men, which you're alluding to, is that... Literally done just, this like every <laughs> shout out to women's history, but like every woman we had this like conversation where it gets to this point. What you are alluding to, there's two points here. The first one, and then we'll jump into the other one that you that right. you talk about. The first thing is a lot of men don't understand that when you're dating a woman of means, just because she has her own money, there's still a a, a set amount of times before she goes in her purse before she gets tired of that exactly. shit mm-hmm. and the pussy just dries up <laughs> and Absolutely. she's over you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then but then I, again, I also respect the man who says 
nah, I'm not going to let you pay for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck how much money I want. When I go outside, I don't want to bring a bag. Right. I don't want to bring, only thing I want to bring is my ID. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not paying for nothing. I'm not doing nothing. No, you the man. So that leads me to my second point. <laughs> we are in the middle of a women's revolution right now. Women are using entrepreneurship um, as specifically black women using entrepreneurship as a key to unlock financial freedom and financial success. Mm-hmm. Why are y'all making all this money and y'all still don't want to spend y'all money? I spend my money. I don't know about everybody else. Yeah. But I spend my money. Well, and on men specifically, I'm I asking. mean, I don't have a I don't have a problem with spending my money on my man. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I am 44 years old. And so my grandparents were, and I'm going to take this back to being, you know, old school. My grandfather said it's a man's job to bring the money to the house. It's a woman's job to it's take care of the house. house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My grandparents were married for 70 years. It's beautiful. They, you know, passed away in their 90s. So that's what I grew up seeing. My grandmother never worked a job in her life. You know what I mean? But she was home taking care of the kids. So at the end of the day, there's still certain gender roles that I believe in. And mm-hmm. I know now in the times that we live in, it's, you know, can't talk about gender roles and all the things. Yeah. But there's still certain gender roles that I personally believe in. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when you come in my house, if you see the trash, take that shit the fuck out. Yeah. You know, I'm not picking up no trash. <laughs> I don't, like if you a man, you come out, take my trash out. Right. Um, you getting fucked. You getting fed. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, do it certain things. And so, again, I have no problem with spending my money, but you're going to spend your money too. Yeah, for and sure. And it's not going to be just me spending my money on you. Yeah. Even it's not though, a sugar mama situation. Exactly. Even though I have the money to spend because at the end of the day, I still believe in certain gender roles. Yeah. And the man that I'm with got to believe in certain gender roles too. So that's why I don't mind if he say, nah, we not going to go, okay, we ain't going. You get what I'm saying? Because, like I said, I respect the fact yeah. that you want to pay for it. I hate you this week, but, but I respect that we I not I respect go- that you want to go ahead and pay for it, and yeah. we going to go when you pay for it. You get what I'm saying? I respect that. So. Yeah. Because you got certain women that don't want to buy a nigga a candy bar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the back in the day thing, as much as we, like, Believe in it. Because I got the same thing. My grandfather, my grandmother, come in, they were together in 1933 to right. when they passed away. You know? <laughs> it just, it, same shit, my grandma didn't work. My grandfather mm-hmm. did, you know, and and it's like, but they, like, she took care of the house, but the house was very small. Right. And nothing, and it doesn't they weren't translate, going to Paris, It doesn't ever. translate to what 2023 now, and where what it's we just like, now. you know, like my grandmother never went to my father, was like, yo, let's go to Bali next week. <laughs> You know what I'm they saying? didn't even have Taco Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have no margaritas or nothing. They were just like, in the house cooking dinner. It's a different time, and I understand that. And like I said, I'm not. There are certain gender norms that I subscribe to, but I'm not that person that's like, oh, you know, when I live with a man, I don't want to pay no bills. That's not me. And I know the ladies probably gonna hate me for this shit, but I'm not that. Because they campaigning for the for the no yeah. bills. That's yeah. not me. That's just not me. And also, you know, I've been living by myself for 44 years. You know what I mean? I've never, I've lived with men, but I've never, like, got myself and moved into a man's house. You know right, what I'm right, saying? right. You always had or your own bricks. Always had my own stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's so, for me, 
Um, and I, I've always taken care of myself. You know, I never got child support from any of my kids' fathers. Fuck them niggas. Um, but, you know, like, I, again, I've done everything on my own. You sound like my mom. So I think that's a trauma response, again, of being in control. Yeah. I don't want um, to be in somebody's house and you paying all the bills for me and then you have the opportunity to kick me the fuck out on the street. Yeah. Nah, I'm not. Mm -mm, no. Like, yeah, because it's like, even if I got my own money and I can afford to get out, who do, who wants to actually get the fuck out when somebody tell you, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out? out? You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I don't want to leave. Even you now, leave. if I meet a man and I marry him, we're going to get a house together. Right. Both our names is going to be on the house. That's what, like, I think Cardi B was talking about that, like how her name is on the house and Offset, she yeah. paid for some of it. He Because, no, this is my house to fuck too. Nigga, you're not going to be able to kick me out and put my ass out on the yeah. street. You know what I'm saying? And you see so many women, like, they glorify that lifestyle of being taken care yeah, of. being a kept woman. And being a kept woman. But then you see them when it's done and over with and a motherfucker that embarrassed you. They didn't gotta, They got to go back. And, a lot of women have had to go back to ground zero. And you got to put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. You got to put up with a nigga cheating on you because he paying all your bills. Yeah, you're not bringing nothing to the you table, I mean? technically. You and you're not a... You got to put up with this. You got to put up with that. So I would rather have my own money yeah. than be on somebody else's dime. And like I said, yeah. I know the lady's going to be mad at me, but that's, again, but that's the, me. But, that, but this is, um, you know, uh, a successful woman, a woman that's made it through certain trials and tribulations, made it to a certain level in life, a certain level in business, telling them like, yo, y'all might not like what I'm saying, but in reality, you got to establish some sort of equity in your relationship if y'all going to actually build something. Mm -hmm. Because if he's building and you just hear... Fucking taking the taking you every moving the, you moving the bricks yeah. every time he put three down, you taking one. Like you're not helping this situation. Not yeah. at all. And a lot of them don't realize like that they're setting themselves up at a young age to have a hard life later on down the line yeah, because be a lot of these standards aren't sustainable. You gotta be smart about it. And then again, who wanna put up with a motherfucker shit just because he got the money? Yeah. And talk to you any kind of way. And I'm not saying all relationships right, are right, like right. this, but yeah. you know what I mean? You hear the horror stories, was cheating on them, talk to them any kind of way, beating their asses, like doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, who want to put up with that just because the motherfucker is financing your lifestyle? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather have my own house, own my own shit. If I want to leave, I can leave. You know, like nobody's going to be able to put me out of anything. Right. Ever. You know what I mean? And never have. And I'm 44 years old. And so if you want to call me dumb for whatever, not being like, oh, you got to pay all my bills and I don't want to pay shit. That's just not me. <laughs> yeah. that, that's not but me. But I, I, I think the biggest part in this conversation to begin to is the fact that you can fund whatever it is you want to do. Right. And that's the point where I was kind of going to take it earlier where we had a conversation with Maui where it's like, if I can fund the things I want to do, when you come around, you can't necessarily get mad at me or halt that mm -hmm. when I'm doing certain things exactly. anyway. Because I've been living this life before you came. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And us as men, we at times don't really think about that because we men. We, f we have to fund everything. Yeah. I go to a a, a a gym that's I pay it's five hundred dollars for the year, mm -hmm. so it's like yeah you can go to Planet Fitness for ten dollars, but I go there because I like powerlifting and working on this right. specific shit. Right. So it's like no one's gonna front like no one's gonna get me in there. I have to pay that. Right. Right. Have, and and that's the thing, men. We inherently know no one's coming to save us. There's no one coming ever. But women, in a weird way, no matter if you it don't matter if you all the way up top, it's always like a there's still a nigga out there that could do something. And see, I think I come from a different mindset. I right. think like a nigga. 
I think that there's nobody coming to save me. So I got to save my fucking self. And I've always been like that. Like yeah. I said, my son's father went to jail when my son was one. I was 19. He went to jail for attempted murder six years. My daughter's father just killed somebody last year. He's in jail. Um, I don't have a good track record, but. Where are you, where are you from? <laughs> From Chester. Oh, there you go. Okay. Unfortunately, I, I know that I, I, I spent extensive time in Chester. I have a lot of friends down there. Your dating pool was contaminated. Like, I can't even, like, can't even really blame you. You know what I mean? So All you did was come outside. Right. All I did was come outside. So yeah. for me, from the time I got pregnant with my son at 19, it has always been Nobody is going to save me. Yeah. And I didn't have a family who was going to save me. Got it. Like I said, you know, I went to boarding school. I'm estranged from uh, most of my family. Yeah. Um, and when I got pregnant, my mindset was I'm going to prove all these motherfuckers wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was a smart girl who lost her scholarship and got pregnant. Right. So that drove me to literally go and get everything that I needed to get so I could literally say... You know what I mean? Fuck these motherfuckers. Right. Like, I had a billboard on 95, too. Billboards on yeah. 95. And I'm like, damn, I wonder how my baby dad feel when he robbed by this shit. You know what I'm you saying? You gotta see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that shit drives me in my spirit. It makes me feel good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was like, for that, for me, nobody was coming to save me. So I had to literally save myself and be who I am today and I think that is again I, and at this point I'm kind of set in my ways you know what yeah. I mean I'm, I'm a middle aged woman I'm a it's, dinosaur it's, you know it's what I mean? funny that you said it because I was having a conversation in therapy like is there something wrong for, with me that I like when I know somebody's like hating on me or like anti me or like wishing bad for me, that mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't play it cordial or just like, oh, we cool. Then like, I want you to like, I want you to see it. I want you to hit a mountain. But I also, you know what? Another thing I think plays a part in that being fat for me. I get, I I know where this is going. I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? For me, it was being fat all my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So being a cute fat girl, um, they have this thing called the duff, right? The, the, the ugly fat friend. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it's like, um, so there's this I movie. This was some Chester no, 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 there's this movie <laughs> called Duff, and it's like, it's, it's oh, all right, yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. Like, you know, you got the, the friend of girls, and then it's like, they got the fat friend, and the fat friend kind of like, she's there, yeah. but, and you know who she is, you know what I'm saying? But she's not the one that you're trying to pay attention to in the group. You got know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <clears throat> as somebody who was always overlooked um, for being fat, that made me be excellent in everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? I was in band. I know how to play a saxophone. I'm, I'm an excellent. Like, I excel. So I think being fat for me made me excel in every other area of my life. Because for me, it was like, you can't overlook me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you can't overlook me for being fat, but you can't overlook me for being fucking excellent. I see what you're saying. So mean. I think that was another reason why I was also, you know, popular in a certain kind of way. It yeah. was like, I might not have been popular. I might not have been a popular girl because I was, you know, like, I grew up in the nineties. So being, you didn't see plus size models, plus size influencers right. and stuff yeah. like you see now. It was like, no, you had to be fucking skinny to be mm-hmm. noticed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, I had to be fucking excellent at everything else because again, I didn't want you to overlook me. So I think that really kind of drove my fuck you. And I hate, and I, my therapist is like, you know, but, and I don't care. You might be saying, oh, you petty. You should have got over it by now. Nah, fuck out of here. 
Like I say it all the time. I grew up fat and black in the nineties. You know me too. Yo. You know now I was fat and light skin, but yeah. still it was the nineties. Yeah. You yeah. know it was it was a hard gig. It's a hard, it was, you, it was listen, a hard you, fucking time. You were walking into every classroom down too. <laughs> exactly. Like you walking in, the score is two to nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and the line is three and a half. Like, like every and 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 in a weird way, that's what made me become like this boisterous projecting mm-hmm. I can crack jokes on anybody mm-hmm. I always got some funny shit to say because I got to get you off my back mm-hmm. walking in the door yeah and it you know it, it that you you got to walk it you you like, remember yeah. uh, Beverly Hills Cop he put the gun in and started shooting <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of how you got to be and people don't understand you 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 deal with these things your whole life exactly and so a for me way. a couple years ago when I started getting into like the weight loss situation, you know what I mean? People was just like, ah, oh, this is some bullshit. To where I get that a lot now where people are just like, yeah, I ain't gonna hold you. I thought you was full of shit when you started. And it just be like, damn, man, thanks. <laughs> I right. appreciate that. Like, well, I did want to live. So there was that. But you'd be surprised how many motherfuckers have come to me and said that where it's just like, I remember when you first started talking about it on the podcast and you were saying this and this and there. And then we're like, you know, because I was documenting. You remember I was posting on my story right. all mm-hmm. the time. And, and like, I motherfuckers, like, I literally had somebody I work with was just like, I... Like, I would watch his story just like, I know today he not going to post, or today's right. going to be the end of right. him posting this shit. Because, you know, I would do all the top 10 verses, top 10 Wayne songs, all this shit. And he was like, I looked up one day and was just like, yo, I've been doing this shit for like three years. And it's just like, yeah, like, you'd be surprised how dealing with social media, it's like, there are people that root for you, and then there's people that are, are watching waiting it, for you to waiting for the moment mm-hmm. when it's just like, ah. Right. Yeah. That's why I said when I gained weight, I kept showing up. Because those same people would have been like, oh, look at this bitch. She's getting fat and da 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 You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then now I just lost, back again, I just lost 80 pounds mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, so just clap that up. You That's good. amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. When we was outside, you was like, hey, you. And I'm just like, I'm, just gonna, I'm like, oh, this is You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what was going on when I came by in that car. But again, I showed up the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even with this new, with this new weight loss, it's like... I didn't, I was consistent. I'm like, if you, if consistency was a fucking person, it's me. Mm-hmm. Because even when I gained the weight, it wasn't because I wasn't on my shit. I wasn't, it was just something was going on with my body. So now it's like, I'm spreading a different message of, you know, people always tell fat people to just work out and eat different, but sometimes it's not just diet and exercise, especially for women. It's a lot of things that go on with Yo, our body. I, right. I had you know the conversations I mean? a lot where people don't, a, a lot of people really don't know what it's like to be excessively over. Mm-hmm. They don't even understand what it's like on your back. They don't understand what it's like on your knees. They don't understand what it's like on your feet or your ankles. Mm-hmm. People just really don't know. So people will look at it and be like, oh, you doing good. You lost some weight or you did good. And if they see you might have gained 10 pounds or might have gained 15 minutes, it's like an all-out assault. Right. And it's just like, no, 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 no. I'm dealing with like some real-life shit over here. I might be dealing with an injury. What if right. I have a death in the family right. and I'm just taking a couple months? But because your body and your metabolism doesn't work like everybody else's, people think that it's you like Slacking. completely yeah. fucking up. Yeah, or going doing other whatever. I have an uncle, my Uncle Frankie. i never seen anyone eat like this. <laughs> no bullshit. He's 180 pounds. He's and he's 60. He's been like that my entire life. I've watched him eat a fucking bacon pizza, cheesesteak. When he doesn't gain weight, his I have me- a girlfriend like that. Too. His metabolism is absolutely insane. So it's like we have. But on the flip side, though, 
You ever see somebody who's thin and not healthy? Oh, yeah. And we, we really associate thin, thin to healthy. And, and it's not the case. That's one of my biggest messages with FBF because people are like, well, you lost the weight, so I know you're much healthier now. And I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. I'm as healthy as I was when I was <laughs> right. 256 pounds. I'm still as healthy now. You know what I mean? I don't have as much weight on my knees. But as far as my health is concerned, it's, the still, same issues. it's still, things, yeah. still the same things that are going on. Because it wasn't about me being unhealthy. Like, my shit is from my uterus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's that woman shit that, you know, we got to deal mm-hmm. with. And, you know, th- it was was affecting me as far as my weight gain and, and things like that. So I'm just like, and again, that's been my message the whole time with FBF is that you cannot equate your weight to how healthy you are. Oh. Because you have people who are 130 pounds who, will, who smoke cigarettes all day, drink all day. You know what I mean? Don't work out. Have... 70% body fat. Yo, it'd be crazy because I, I, I've i worked out with people who are like significant because I'm still a larger guy even mm-hmm. when we're losing a bunch of weight. And I've I've gone in the gym with like dudes who weigh 160 pounds. And you and, outwork them. And we get on the elliptical and like 20 minutes in, motherfuckers is dying. Exactly. And they'd be like, I'm doing an hour in the elliptical as a warm-up. Right. And it just, it'd be like mind-blowing. But one thing I've, I've noticed talking to women in the gym and having these conversations in like just around the health... We as men don't really understand the like body makeup of women in that. Oh, regard. absolutely. Even don't. down to like birth control, all these different things play a factor on can you carry Everything. weight? Will you not carry weight? Will you? It's your time of the month. You gain seven pounds. That, that should be crazy. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, being a woman is wild. Yeah, I be I be thankful sometimes. <laughs> it, it, like, you should be because it's it's a wild thing. It's a wild ride. But that's also why I champion for women so much is because FBF is not just about you know, wellness, it's really, and it's not only for plus size women, it's for women who just want to feel comfortable in their skin. And that, you can struggle with that at any size. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Women carry insecurities because of societal pressures on them. It'd be funny because I've like, see, you'll do a post and you know, you got your models. You got like Abby, Tania, shout out them. You got heavier set women. And when y'all do the shapewear things, I'll see people in the comments like, why the skinny girl don't need no shade wear right. and it just be like, yo, everybody deals with And they like the ones and they the ones that wear it too. You know what I mean? Right. Like I remember there was a picture of like Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet and you could see her shapewear. Like, it's not just for plus size women. It is for all women have body insecurities. And it's unfortunate because that is the pressures of society that we have been brought up in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We were taught that we have to look a certain way. We have to act a certain way. We have to do certain things. And that plays into our psyche. And so for me, like having a daughter, I want my daughter to know that, you know, you are beautiful without anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch your weight. You don't have to, you like, I want you to be healthy. Right. You know, and I want you to love who you are. And I think that's the biggest message that I try to give with FBF. It's like, no matter how, how big you are, I had made a post the other day and I was like, I was 250 pounds, I'm not fine. And I'm 187 pounds and I'm fine. I was still fine. Cause I hate when people say, Oh, well you were beautiful before bitch. I know. I never said I was fucking ugly. Yeah. I was fat. I didn't say I was fucking ugly. Stop telling me you were beautiful before. I know. Yeah, the weirdest is crazy because when I post the side by side pictures, I always get, you know, bitches ascended. Bitches have become men now. <laughs> They'll send you your picture and your DM. Yeah. And I get them jokes be like, you was fine before. you be like, yeah, my mom told me I was fine. Right. I'm, I was fuck 500 pounds. That was the problem. Exactly. It wasn't me not being handsome. Exactly. And shit like it has that. nothing to yeah. do. The cor- There's no correlation between ugly and fat and skinny and healthy. And no. I think that is the problem that society has put on us. Going forward, do you have any like verticals for FBF? Anything you trying to go into? Um, do y'all do men stuff? 
That's not my demographic. Okay. You know, I've the funny part is like two years I mean, I ago. I wear a t-shirt or hoodie. Or I mean, I, I I did have men doing it before, but I did I did like a whole men's line mock up, and it was good, like the leggings for when you run and like the shorts yeah. and stuff like that. Because um, C kept coming in my DMs, and he was like, "Zah, when you gonna make some leggings for us to run in?" So I did like a Who whole could? C. Ross. No, not C Ross. Um, regular C. C. C and black. Oh, NFIC. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Shout um, out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Zion, when you gonna make some leggings for, you know, the guys? Da, 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 da. So I did like a whole thing with the leggings and the shorts and the t-shirts. And then I was like, eh, again, not my demographic. So right. that, that's a whole nother marketing. Right, right, right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? exactly. Because you can't like, cross market. You gotta, you gotta make smart business decisions. Right. Everything yeah. ain't for everybody. And you can't, everybody ain't your customer. So as much I as I got that. men asking me, you know, to do my homeboys, Zion, when you gonna make some FBF, da, da, da. buy it for your girlfriend. You, if you want to yeah. support it, go get your mama some, get your sister some, get your wife some. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can still support me, and I just ain't making it for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the best, uh, you know, the most successful brands are the ones that are about specialization, not right. necessarily ones that are so broad and yeah. about everybody you and being like, many, you can't give too yeah. many options. You have to niche down to a specific audience, yeah. um, a specific demographic, and again, you can't be for everybody right and it just is you know it is what it is like even like we don't normally make pockets in our stuff and that's because we want people to be able to wear it wherever they you know not just at the gym yeah so then everybody's like can you put pockets can you put pockets i put pockets and then the motherfuckers ain't buy it right what the fuck you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. you told me you wanted pockets <laughs> I gave, gave you, you the pockets. pockets. <laughs> Why are they still in my warehouse? Yeah. Why it's not sold out? You get what I'm saying? So it's like, as a business owner, you can't let people dictate what you do. Listen. Yeah, I think that's a big, big You know what I mean? You we deal with to... that all the time. Even like with podcasting, he'd be like, yeah, because no, so-and-so. I'm like, fuck these people. Stop right. listening no, to I, these I, motherfuckers. I, ain't gonna, like, I, ain't gonna, I had to do that because it's like, you realize, be like, somebody will say something to you in a DM. Yo, for that last show, when y'all did this, I, like, that was cool, but why y'all don't try to do X, Y, Z? And then I would say it to him, and he'd be like, nigga, the last episode got downloaded 22,000 times. Right. Fuck that one. Right. And it's just like, yeah, you will really, really rack your you brain will. over if you one listen, thing. If you listen to what everybody tells you, because everybody got a fucking opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody think they run a business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the other thing is they want to, so, like, I only sell sets. Right? Mm -hmm. You can only buy it as a fucking set. Top and bottom. Top and bottom. Yeah. You got to buy it. Zai, can we get it one piece? Of, no. <laughs> you can't. Because what is that going to do for my inventory? Are they allowed to mix and match sizes with the top and bottom? No. Because, you, you know, some girls are care. bigger up top, smaller down bottom, and vice I versa. I know. Buy yeah, two sets. Yeah, them girls from up Because guess what? Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> they, they big breasted and low, <laughs> small bottoms. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you go buy a dress, can you get it in two different sizes? No. If you go buy a jumpsuit, can you get it in two different sizes? No, you can't. Or you go and you change the pants. Not if you get a jumpsuit. I mean? said a jumpsuit, one a one-piece. If, you, oh, go, oh, if oh. you go get a one-piece, you can't get it in two different sizes. If you go get a dress, you can't get it in two different sizes. Yeah. You make that shit work or it don't. Yeah, but if you buy a set in the store, see what I used to do. I, I was Not all the time. Top. If I go into Victoria's Secret right now and they got them sets, them pajama sets that's already made up. Yeah. You, you know. It's all one size. It's, yeah. it's, they got a bow wrapped around it yeah, yeah, and it say large. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to pick or choose. You, if I right. go in Target and I want that little gift set for Christmas, it say medium. And that, I can't be like, oh, let me take one large out of here, <laughs> take this out of here. No, that's how it's sold. And so, you know, for me, it's like that's what makes sense 
as a business owner. Right. Right. right? Because again, if I buy, because I have to buy it as a set. Got it. I don't get to buy it from my vendor as a separate piece. Got it. And I know what my most popular sizes are. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I give the option to, if I'm buying them as a set, but then I sell them as separates, what's going to happen to that extra inventory? Yeah, just going to sit. Now I, now I lost money. You get what I'm saying? No, that makes now, sense. Now we do sell items that you can buy separately. Okay. But a set just ain't one of them. Yeah. So if you want to buy something separate, you can go buy a pair of leggings by themselves. You can go buy a t-shirt by itself. You can go buy some biker shorts. So we have options. So what is it that they want separate then? If you sell the biker shorts, the leggings, and the t-shirts by themselves? Right, the workout like sets. Like you said, the set. Yeah. Like it's, the bralette top and then oh, the... Oh, okay, okay, okay. But they match. Yeah, yeah, they match. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they want to be able to, again, like you said, there's women who are, you know, bigger up top, bigger down the bottom. Just go a size up. You know what I mean? And that's the, the, the thing about our stuff is that literally I lost 81 pounds and can still sit, fit the same pair of leggings. Got it. Because it's like magic fabric. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can literally, you know what I mean, go up and down in sizes. So that is the good thing about it is that you it accommodates you no matter where you are. You know, if you're pregnant, like Ronnie just had a baby, so one of our models just had a baby, but she wore the same leggings through her whole pregnancy. Because mm-hmm. that's just how, and it bounced right back. You know what I'm saying? So that's the magic in our clothes. Y'all like that. Ronnie. You never follow me back. That's, that's another story for another day, I guess. Let me ask you this. What has been the best part of your brand development over this last decade plus? Um, The community. I think, you know, when I, I was just in Solid Core yesterday and I looked down like three machines and somebody had on FBS. And that shit still like does something to yeah, my it still spirit. feel like the first time yeah, you've seen it. It. Still, yeah. it still does something to my spirit. You know what I mean? And so um, I had, I was coming out of the parking lot and I stopped and I was like, thank you. And she was like, thank you for the motivation. You know what I mean? This is my second class. So like yeah. I've been going to solid core and I've been documented. So now I got all the black girls going to solid core. Yeah. One of my homegirls go there a lot. And so um, seeing that and like when, women are in the airport and they be like, Hey girl, I see you in your FBF. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Oh, and now we automatically, we cool. Cause you got yeah. on FBF. Mm-hmm. I got on F- FBF. Going around and having it. I was telling him, I was in Miami a couple weeks ago and, um, I was coming out of Carbone. It was like a bunch of like, you know, uh, Miami, they, them wicks. Mm-hmm. It was like a bunch of them with jewelry. And I'm just like, Oh, this must be a gunplay video or something. You know, I, I didn't know what was going Kodak on. Kodak Black must be getting ready yeah, to pull right. up. And the bull turned around and he looked at me and they, he was like, what's up, cuz? And I was just like, what the fuck do you want? And he was just like, no, no, I fucks with your show. You do the joint on the internet, right? And I'm like, huh? And he was, I, I forgot I had a pocket. Right. And he was like, no, like, I, I watched y'all with Dr. Umar. Like, I fucks with y'all. I started following y'all joint and everything. I was just like, oh, shit. Like, right. pre- and it'd be like, it'd be fucking you up it when does. that type of shit happened. Like, I'd be at a Sixers game, look over and see somebody with a TRP. It would just be like, damn, like, it, it, it. It, it's it's a surreal kind of thing, and I yeah. think for me, it keeps me grounded, and it keeps me in a space of gratitude, mm-hmm. and that's why I know because the other thing, you know, I be in I be in solid core, and I look down and I see that other brand that we won't mention. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I be like, bitch, if the people just knew, you know what I mean? I'm like, if they just knew that we was better, and I could look down and see everybody in FBF, yeah, like I see. Everybody in this, and I think that's what keeps me going because that's the vision that I see. Yeah, right. you still got more work to do. I still got more work to do, and I think pour, that's pour why. Punch on yeah, me. that's. <laughs> I think that's why guys. Oh, man, said, your tights done got dirty. They got fucked these. up. So I got some in my car for you. Yeah. Tell your friends about it. You know what I mean? 
Um, but I think that's what keeps me going. Is like I see the vision. Yeah, I, I see it in my head. I right. see, I, I see it not even in my head, but I see it visualized in real life. Right. And so I think that's what has allowed me to sit back in this this reset. Because I think also the other reason why I needed this reset is because when you are constantly doing something, doing something, doing something, doing something, having drop and, and marketing, you never get the the chance to actually sit and look at the business. Right. You know what I mean? Look at the numbers, look at the, the SEO and look at the, all the, the things that actually make a business successful. Yeah. And especially coming from somebody, I don't have a business. I'm a teacher. You know what I mean? Right. I, I have a middle school degree. You know what I mean? I don't have any <laughs> business background. Yeah. I literally learned everything that I know from being in business. I learned it along the way. You need a chat. You need a chat? No, because like I'm the same things you're saying, I kind of learned from you. Know, I'm giving you your props. Yeah. He literally is like, he like his thing now is he's doing basically podcast inventory and he's doing it for like a lot of different shows. Like mm-hmm. where we sit, we you figure Look out at the, the numbers. The numbers yeah. for this. What's yeah. your engagement? What's right. your YouTube? What's right. this? Can you do this? Do you like even when we decided to do a tour, it was like we sat down and mapped out the tour to where like it actually became a success because yeah. it's like what are our strongest markets? Exactly. Like I'm not going to Minnesota and ain't nobody in Minnesota exactly. fucking yeah. we, no, we, we, we in Des Moines this week, <laughs> baby. Like <laughs> we gonna go to where the people li- looking right. at exactly. again, where your your biggest customers are and things like that and like I know those things but it's like I really need to sit down and like yeah. get into the meat and potatoes of it all yeah business so success then, is all in those margins those exactly. little small points was like oh, if I can move this decimal to here yes. that changes everything and I remember having a conversation with one of our friends who remained nameless but I'm like you know what our biggest market is and he was like Southwest and I'm like never mind like, <laughs> he's like no y'all both from Southwest I'm like no nigga I mean like Nothing like like people really don't understand they, yeah. these type of things, and you have to get in get into that because like last year I was looking at you know the people coming into our website and we had more people coming to our website than the year before, but our conversion rate was down. Yeah. So I, why? Yeah. You know what's what the difference between the, this year and last year? What's the difference between this year and last year? And I think one of the things again was money. Because yeah. It's like, I, I saw somebody went Hashtag to, we ain't got it. Exactly. Hashtag <laughs> we ain't got it. Hashtag I, hold on. I literally <laughs> saw somebody um, was in my comments and she was like, I don't know why I keep going to the website because I know this shit is too is out of my budget. And I'm like, yeah. but we got afterpay. Go ahead. Yeah, over yeah, there. yeah. You know, put it on a little Klarna. Put it yeah. on a little yeah. afterpay. Yep. Um, but also, FBF is a premium brand. So... The fact that you keep going back, it's like I just need to, I just need to get you. It's like window yeah. Because once I get you here, yeah, you gonna be here forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I just need to get you there. So again, it's looking at those numbers and how can we change that conversion? Right. What do we need to do as far as the marketing? So I'm really taking this year to set up for 2024. Got it. So then 2024, we come out, we swing it. You know what I mean? Even with like my social media, I hired a social media team, and because we are. Not this year. I'm literally focusing on maintaining business mm-hmm. and sustaining. I don't need to make millions of dollars this year. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm. That's not my goal. Yeah. My goal is to sustain business, but also to set up the blueprint going forward for the next decade. So exactly. So now you know with the social media, we, we got there's no pressure. We got time to see what works, what doesn't work. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like this year of we can kind of do what we want. See what sticks, see what don't stick, yeah. and then next year we coming in with the game plan. We about to kill this shit. So let me ask you this: Do do you feel like the the responsibility of being a role model for like younger black women? I don't know. I don't know. Like, does that ever creep into your head that like a 
like so many young black women are probably looking to you for inspiration and stuff like that? I do. And I, I just think that for me, I don't know, you know, I'm a different type of role model. Even when I became a teacher, I became a teacher because I wanted to show black kids that you didn't have to look a certain way to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, my tattoos are covered up right now, but, you know, I'm fully sleeved. Mm-hmm. I cuss all the time. You know what I mean? I wrote a book about sex. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not that, I'm not what you would consider as, like, your your wholesome role model, but I am a role model for people who, for my for the people who God assigned to me. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Everybody ain't going to get it. For sure, for sure. And I don't mind that because God didn't assign me to everybody. God assigned me to a certain specific group of people and the people who get it, get it. So I think that yes, I am a role model, but also I am a relatable role model. So I don't like to put on like airs of acting a certain way. That's why yeah, you, it's always, no you always going to get the real me. You know what I mean? That is an interesting take on it. We, we never really do that, but like, there's there are different ways to be role models. Right. I think that's what we're saying. Yeah, right, yeah, that makes there's sense. Di- there's different ways to be role models because everybody doesn't receive information the same way. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be some people who listen to me and like this bitch mean. I hate her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a coddler. I'm not gonna coddle you. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think because I hold people to task. And I hold the mirror up to people's faces and I don't accept any excuses. For some people, that's too much because some people need to receive a message in a gentler way. Right. And then you got other people, you know, because like, again, I got a brain disorder. I'm a single mom, a teenage mom. Both my baby daddies was in jail. Like, bitch, what's your excuse? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to listen to your woe is me fucking story. I don't (laughs) care because guess what? Me too. Me too. My brain don't even fucking work right. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying yeah. I've had a brain disorder since I was 32. Yeah. And I've been living with that since then. Yeah. And so if I can sit and do things and my brain don't work right, brain don't work right, I got anxiety, but I still show up. So it's like I'm not accepting your excuse of, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And, again, people don't always receive that in the way that I give it. Yeah, Even some people, though it's with love, I say it with yeah. love because I want you to be better and I want you to do better. Some people don't take it as a challenge or a point of motivation. They take it as like a, an additional excuse to shut down. Right. It's like, oh, I just can't. Well, if I can't be like you, then I just can't. Right. I can't do it. Yeah, people all the time is They just throw their hands up. And I had to explain to somebody today, I was talking to somebody and I was like, you know, you should be doing this for your business. You should be doing this. And I think now in the position that I'm in, when I say th- certain things, people look at it, it was like, well, bitch, you got it. So why, how are you trying to tell me what to do? Because you're in a different position now. But I had to explain, like, I don't talk from the position that I'm in now. I talk from 19-year-old me mm-hmm. who didn't have that shit. Yeah. Literally changed my life. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for I'm sure. not, don't think I'm talking to you in a condescending way or trying to put you down and trying to say, like, oh, it's all peaches and cream and you can do it, you can do it. Cause, but I'm, I'm talking to you from 19-year-old me because 19-year-old single mom team me fucking did it. Right. And if I can do it, you can do it. You know what I mean? All yeah. the odds were stacked against me. If we Like, this shit could be a movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I really <laughs> wanted to sit here and tell the story, it could be a fucking movie. And so I'm not talking from owning a multi-million dollar business now, yeah. but I'm talking from when I couldn't even get a fucking credit card, when my house was almost, re- when my when my I had $50 to put in my gas tank, when my car was repossessed, when my house was in pre-foreclosure. I'm talking to you from that aspect. Right. Because I went from that to where I am now. 
Exactly. And, and you pulled yourself up it, out of it. You can do it. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily pull yourself up from your bootstraps and all of that kind of stuff, but <laughs> life be life. That phrase always <laughs> cracks me up. You know what I'm saying? From your but it's like life be life and you got to kind of go with the flow. And a lot of people just ha- generally, male and female, just have problems with setting um, goals for themselves because they're ducking that accountability of like, I set this and I didn't meet it. Or I said I'm going to do this every day or this every week and I'm not following through. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to look in that mirror to say, like, I'm failing myself. It's me. As much as there yeah. may be other circumstances that are hindering me, I'm still my either my biggest advocate or my biggest detractor if I don't do what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Exactly. And I always say accountability feels like an attack when you're not ready to receive it. So if somebody holds that mirror up to you and you ain't in that space yet, yeah. you feel like they're attacking you. And so now you got your defenses up. It's like, fuck you. Don't say that to exactly. me. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm saying it out of love because I want you to do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to be able to receive that and actually have some self-awareness. Yes. Of what you're doing, why you're living your life, how you're What's your purpose? It. What's your mission? Everybody All of that. You want to blame everybody else for their shortcomings instead of looking at the mirror and saying, nah, I was the reason that I fucked this shit up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I said, I made some poor decisions in, in picking my baby dad. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, that was me. Yeah. I, I, can, I can take that. Yeah. But I didn't let that hinder me. Yeah, it didn't stop you from it being a good mom. It didn't stop me from being a good mom. It didn't stop me from being who I am today. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You did it. Now, how do you how you get yourself out of this? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And what a lot of people don't realize is that 85 to 90 percent of our problems are self inflicted to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like we put ourselves in bad situations. We make bad decisions. We touch the hot stove when four people that know that the stove hot is like, don't touch the yeah. motherfucker. We do it anyway because some people just gotta fuck around gotta, and find exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta bump your fucking head. <laughs> Where you fuck around. You gonna find you out. <laughs> You're gonna fucking find out and sometimes you ain't gonna be able to come back from it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like you gotta look the same thing I be telling my son, like, duh. I ain't just telling you this shit just to be telling you this shit. I've been there. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want you to be better. But again, some people gotta fuck around and find yeah. out. Smart and people learn from the from the uh from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of other people. Yeah. yeah, and I wish I was a little bit more wiser, but hey, <laughs> yeah. you know what, what I mean? What you going to I didn't have, but but also, I didn't have the benefit yeah. of seeing other people fuck around and fuck right. <laughs> you know yeah. It was like I had to figure this shit out on my own yeah. and be like, okay, now what? But I've always had this, again, this, this desire to excel mm-hmm. and and be better and do better, and that put this battery in my back like, we're going to get to it. Yeah. We're going to get to it, and we're going to make it shake. I know that's right. You got anything else you want to throw? Nah, it's been a phenomenal, uh, I can't even call it an interview. It's like just a conversation. Yeah, it's just like kicking it with us. Like, we appreciate you so much for uh, for joining us. I know you're on sabbatical right now. Uh, <laughs> let everybody know where they can find you at, uh, where they can find the business, um, so they can give you some more money, and yeah. we can keep, uh, you know, growing this thing and, you know, take over that other company. Yeah, take over that other company that we will not name. <laughs> um, but FBF Body is our website, FBF Body on all the socials. Um, Zakia Blaine on my social, but you can only see me on my close friends. Um, you got to subscribe to that. I got My son was like, you got an OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. You know, because Instagram, they set up subscriptions, but they was hating on my ass and, like, taking everything down. So I'm like, okay, now we just want to go to close friends, and you can pay to be a part of my close friends. So... Um, like today, I just taught a whole credit thing on oh, my damn. close friends. Yeah. Um, talked about how people with money leverage debt. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I literally be over there just talking about all kinds of shit. Um, it's like $5 a month. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so. Oh, you taking it easy. Well, you know, it's, it's it, it, again, but I want people to be able to afford it. So it's like you try, it's $80 for the whole year. Yeah. You get a one year subscription. Um, but you get to see, you know, what I'm doing during my sabbatical. I'm traveling. I just went to Bali for 10 days. Um, I'm going to Paris and going to LA. So like you get to see all of that stuff. Getting it in out here. So he he paid for the parish. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that yeah, locked. Got that got that figured out. <laughs> if got we accomplish that. nothing else in this we interview, got we got we got it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know what I'm saying? And just the behind the scenes, I'm building a content studio as well. Okay. Um, right now. So and we'll be back to what my website is down because we're remodeling and all of that stuff, but it'll be back up in April. So yeah, that's where you can find me at. Okay, FBF cool. Body on all the socials. Uh, we appreciate you. We've been wanting to do this for a minute. You, you know, know, I didn't think y'all had women up here. You know, I was and just like. The problem like, is, is like, you know, we, we went through issues trying to get women. Yeah, in the beginning, we tried. We tried to be super inclusive. Yeah, and we, we they would, they would, like, we'd be like, episode at four. They call us at 408. I'm not coming. Yeah. Like, we went through a lot of really? that with super successful women. Yeah. Yes. Really? Early and I on. Thought y'all didn't, I thought y'all I hate to call them bitches, but you know. <laughs> uh, no, because I, I cuss. Sorry. I mean, not sorry, but you know, I cuss. And if I say bitches, I'm talking about in a, I love y'all. Yeah. You know, I thought y'all ain't want no women up here. And I was like, all right, fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. The, the, <laughs> the tide turning was when we had Barb on. And okay. that, that kind of like changed the energy where it was like, damn, we got a woman who could like match us talking wise. Right. So now we knew coming into Women's History Month was like, yo, we want to do a series of all women like mm-hmm. so you know we've had you we've had Mal we're gonna have uh Catherine what's uh Catherine Gilmore, Gilmore Richardson that is Michael Douglas wife yeah. and that is not who have, uh, a white woman yeah we're gonna have no we're not exactly we're gonna have uh Catherine Gilmore Richardson who's a councilwoman so it's like we got a series yeah, we had Devin Milan yesterday. yesterday who was excellent so okay. it's just like we doing a series of women interviews black women from Philadelphia who are like, you know, shaking shit up. Oh, that's so nice. that's why I'm just like, oh, we got to get Zion for that. That's yeah. nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. I appreciate it. I was a little nervous, you know, but. Nah, you settled right in. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, because I'm a talker. You know? That's what I was telling you walking I'm like, I, I don't even understand that. You wait, you could have sold the Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You like making money and shit. Like, you ain't had to take that. Like, we, we, we fam. We well, you know, I mean, it's just, again, one of the things that I deal with and, you know, I think, like I was telling him, a lot of people don't talk about it, and I hope y'all touch on this because we didn't touch on it. But just well, talk touch about on it real quick, real quick. You know, we talk about, and I think we talked about the nepotism and the dating, mm-hmm. but we didn't talk about what it is like to be a multimillionaire when you've never been one, right? Or you don't know anybody yeah. who is one. Um, it becomes very lonely. You know, you go to all these women empowerments, and everybody's goal is like, I want to be a millionaire. I want. You know how much I pay in taxes? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? He's like, like when, do you really want these responsibilities? When you got a six-figure tax bill, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, I think that also led to the other part of me being stressed out. It's like, it becomes lonely when you are the only millionaire in your family, like you mm-hmm. said, the black tax, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And making sure everybody is set up. Um, and even just feeling like if, if somebody asks you for money, it's like, eh. I don't want to give you my shit, but then it's like, right. oh, fuck you. You know you got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, setting up those boundaries. Exactly. And letting people know, like, this is what it is. It's my money. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a whole thing, and I think that therapy needs to be included in that and, and a part of that conversation For sure. about when you becoming a millionaire, even if it's a woman becoming a millionaire, a man becoming a millionaire. But when you go from not having it having it and the money management aspect of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, 
I think therapy is needed for any drastic change in yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think. I mean, dra- I think it's needed for regular life. Yeah, but period. no, I mean, like when you go through these drastic changes of, like you say, not having this to having this, or mm-hmm. not experiencing this to experience. That's kind of what happens when you deal with like these football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you've never had nothing. You was eating soup, right? And yeah. Fucking beans for all your life, and now you can afford to pay whatever. So you. A $270,000 dinner doesn't sound ridiculous to you. Right. But then in nine years when you broke and it's just like, damn, damn I can't believe this. I spent two. Let me call, let me call Del Frisco, see if I get a rebate. Exactly. <laughs> let me see if I can get something. Somebody recently just went through a situation with the NBA where they were saying he, you know, after 12 years in the NBA, he don't got no money, whatever. And I'm like, that nigga had an ATM in his house. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And it's Won a championship, like, had multiple deep playoff runs, everything. And had an ATM in his crib. And it's like, yeah, you look up nine years later and it's just like, damn, we kind of fucked up. And it's just like, yeah, well, that's the money management. That's the, you really do need to go to therapy so yeah. you can really understand how therapy, financial advisor. I had a conversation with a good friend of ours. We went to lunch yesterday and he was telling me about like us with the podcast. And he was just like, I'm starting to get this energy of like, People coming up to me like, yo, they mentioned you on a podcast. They mentioned you on a podcast. And it's just like people are really listening to this shit more and more and more. And he was like, everybody's feeling is the same. Like Matt and Chad are really good at this shit. Mm-hmm. They can have conversations that most people can't have. Mm-hmm. They can talk and give dialect on pretty much anything. Y'all going to go. And he was just like, really like take it in. Right. Before. Like, before it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like sit in it because once it happens. It's gonna happen, and then also now dealing, I'm showing up the shit late with dealing with the, right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but also dealing with the tide shifting, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From people loving you to people hating you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I say it's always funny how you know when you're not rich. If you go on the internet, you got the t-shirts that say "Future Millionaire" and "Oh my I'm god," a and everybody loves it. Yeah, everybody it? loves the aspirational yeah, everybody stuff. Everybody loves yeah. the aspiration of it. And I think there was like a, a sound going around on TikTok that was like, "I'm rich. I'm rich." I'm rich. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody everybody was using it. I said, now, if a rich person really used it, it'd be like, fuck this bitch. Right. And I'm like, it seems like people hate people with money. Like, if you go on the internet, yeah. it's like people hate people with money. And I'm like, is that because you don't have it and you're aspiring to get it? Because the tide, you can literally see the tide shifting. And I don't know if y'all follow, if y'all know who Keith Lee is. I know who he is, but I don't follow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like this big guy on TikTok or whatever. And I'm like, I'm watching his stories and I'm like, I'm waiting for the tide to shift. Because as somebody, it's inevitable. As somebody who's been there, the tide shifts so quickly from people loving the aspirational story. Because mm-hmm. you loved when I was packing t-shirts in my house. You loved when I was doing this. You loved when I was struggling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You loved when I got the first where when exactly. I got the warehouse initially, and exactly. then you see you the inventory you, building up. You loved up. when I made the, when I said I made the first million. Like you love that. Yeah. But now I'm no longer relatable. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm no longer this. And it's like certain conversations you can't even have anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I bought a house today. You, you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's not, I'm not trying to brag, but that's what I did today. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I did today. I And so now you have to kind of dumb yourself down. Do you almost feel like a, a sense of like survivor's guilt? At all? Sometimes. And it's like, you not even that, but it's like you can't really... Be who you are anymore. Yeah. Um, and you have to kind of, again, fall back into the background. Because if you say too much, if you do too much, you know what I mean? And, and it's not even really saying too much and doing too much. It's just really living your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
people are like, oh, she thinks she this. Oh, yeah, people start looking for reasons you know I mean? to, to hate it's, you or I, disassociate I themselves. That it works. Yeah, it works. But yeah, like, so a couple months ago, I don't know if you saw it, but Moneybag Yo had like got courtside seats for all his homies. Mm-hmm. And they were literally shooting dice, sitting courtside <laughs> at the game. Like they were shooting dice and had money all over oh the floor. My God. And people were like loving it. Like right. bro living his life, having mm-hmm. it his way. And Kev was like, let us do this shit. Right. We look crazy. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. No can exactly. We get a- it's, it's it's yeah. It it really is like this double edged sword sometimes mm-hmm. and people pick and choose who can do yep. what. He you talks know what about mean? it all the time. It's not what we like, it's who we like. It, and exactly. It, and that's what it is. Because on the same side, you got the the lifestyle influencers who all they do is post about buying the new the newest you know, mm-hmm. G-Wagon, mm-hmm. the newest this and the newest that, and they're flossing and they're doing all the things, and that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But then when you got the person who came from nothing and, like, that wasn't their aesthetic, I guess. Yeah. That's not how you were introduced to them. Yeah, you acting different. If you start to do those things, then it's like, now you acting, you know, you acting different. Dude, I, I, you know you just see them reels or whatever. Dude, dude was, like, just a normal day out here in Vegas, and he was, like, eating breakfast, and he had on, like, five icy Cubans. (laughs) And he was like, damn, let me go feed the dog. And he went outside and started pouring dog food in the bowl. He's like, come here, boy. And the dog came over. The dog had a Cuban bust down. Whole team bust down. I was cracking the fuck up, man. But that's really how egregious it is. And people eat that shit up. They do. They eat it up. You be like, what the fuck? But let me go and and put on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you wash up. (laughs) Motherfucker like, what the fuck is this? Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) She thinks she's this and she thinks she's that. So it's like, I couldn't even do like unboxings and stuff anymore. Like, I'm a shopper and I buy shit from anywhere. QVC, Target. It's all like the shop. I don't give a fuck where it's from. But it was like. When I started yeah, like QVC, buying QVC, you are forty four. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. QVC, like damn, that's my, my... exactly. Yeah. Put it on Easy Pay. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my yeah. shit. My yeah. son to tell you, like QVC. Your daughter, like, Y'all, I, I want to get my Christmas together. Like, Bring me the Finger Hut magazine. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's put it on yeah. five equal payments. That's how I'm getting my shit. But yeah. I'm gonna buy it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna buy it, whatever it is. And like I used to do clothing unboxings and all that kind of stuff. And it's like I had to stop. Because you started like, to see the tide turning. Exactly. Started to see the tide turning, and then it's like, I'm starting to buy different things now. Yeah. So it's like, I ain't. Uh, I don't know if I can unbox the Van Cleef. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I, can't, can't. I ain't called QVC in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I can't do that. So it's like, you got to. You gotta really be mindful, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, of like certain things and like when you go certain places and you know what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. like you gotta like I'm driving my Kia, like yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. Like yeah. I came, I was like, oh, I gotta go to the city. I'm gonna drive my Kia. No, I drove, <laughs> you know? I drove the Ultima down here, like <laughs> real shit, like. And yeah. it's crazy because people will really, really you'll you'll hold up and get somebody to say some stupid shit to you, right? And you'll be like, what? like, huh? So with you, I, and it's funny because when you did the stepping away from social media, I, I didn't ask or nothing. I didn't even, like, bother you texting. But I said to myself, like, I wonder if social media be getting on her fucking nerves. Mm-hmm. Like, with the, the like, do you deal with that? Like, the mean comments? The- oh, I had somebody that maybe two weeks ago and was like, look at you, your ugly barracuda-looking ass, da 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 It was like, and this is how people are crazy. Somebody was like, like, I had did, like, a before and after reel or whatever, and somebody was like, it's funny how... Um, you, you, your pictures look different with your ugly barracuda stuff. But when I was trying to help you lose weight years ago, you blocked me. So my key point in taking away from that was that years ago I blocked you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and still. Somehow you're here. You're still. (laughs) People are crazy. Like, people (laughs) are fucking crazy. No, like, people are crazy. I I had somebody show up at my house to buy a shaper. At 7 o'clock in the morning, they sat outside my house. Waited for you to come outside? And waited. I was, came outside. I saw them on the camera. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck is sitting outside my house? I mean, this is, this is years ago. And this is why I literally moved three days later. Yeah. I'm in my house. I'm about to take my dog out. I see somebody on my camera. So I'm looking outside, and I'm like, now, mind you, the neighbor a couple doors down had a daycare. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's one of the people yeah. about to drop their kids yeah. off at the daycare. So I go outside with Chance. We're going to walk the dog. She was like, can I get a shaper? I said, excuse me, say what? No. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is my fucking house. It wasn't my warehouse. Yeah. It was my house. My house house. My house house. I'm outside in my robe and a, <laughs> and a bonnet. You know what I'm saying? With my dog. And I was just like, at that point, I knew that I literally had to leave. I literally moved three days later. How did you notice her? No. So how she know where you was? I don't know. Oh wow. That's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know what no, I'm it's time to move. It was time. <laughs> it was time to move. And I was just like, and, and the crazy part about it is again, this person I blocked you years ago. You're here, and still you are. So it's like I'm always on alert mm-hmm. because these people know who I am but I have no idea who you fucking are and yeah. you harbor so much animosity towards me that you literally are still following me after I blocked you for years like that's why we started doing the weight loss challenge people were threatening to rape my daughter wait what somebody tried to kidnap my daughter so many like I said this shit could be a book oh shit like literally this was because of the weight loss challenge li- literally somebody got caught cheating on the weight loss challenge. And so I um, disqualified, disqualified them. them. Cheating on the weight loss challenge. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah, go ahead. They hacked my email. They got access to all of our members. They sent them an email asking for money. Like, if you want to get back into the challenge, here's the new email. And it, <sighs> But it looked like it was from my email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they did the whole thing. And then, like, on the, the chart, because, like, we had a weight loss chart where you had to go in and input your information or whatever. Yeah. They was like, I'll rape your daughter, fuck her, da-da-da-da-da. Like, like, it was... That's why we stopped the weight Ew. loss challenge. That's why oh, I stopped wow. it. wow. Because, like... There is a sense of obsession. Yeah. Unfortunately. You know, and I love my customers. I love the community. But again, there are some people who are just not well. You know what I'm saying? And so literally, we had, when that lady showed up at my house, I literally got an apartment three days later. Yeah. And I was gone. I was out of there. I think about that a lot. Like, just to get into a place of dealing with, like, stardom. You know, Mm -hmm. we've had to... I I talk about it a lot because I I never wanted to be famous. Like, to the point where I kind of toned down certain things I would do. And I I know I'm talented and could get on a stage and tell... But I, I at times, really struggle with, do I even want this? Mm -hmm. Like, do I even want to be... Like, I really do, like, sports betting, playing cards, and just chilling. Right. But, like, the thought of people just, like... Even now, I deal with, like, walk. Like I said, you're walking out of the restaurant. I'm walking out of Carbone, and I'm thinking, like, this is Carbone. We're, like, Drake and Ross and all of me. And somebody from across the street is yelling because he see me. Right. And it's just, it, like, to the point where it threw. I'm like, like behind me or something? Yeah. And that. It's a, again, I, I, like, that's dealing what I with said. That, type that, of has shit. To, that is not <laughs> talked about enough. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? When people yeah. are like, well, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to do this. They don't talk about it enough because it gets to the point where it's like, you don't want to go. Like I said, I don't come outside at nighttime no more. Like, yeah. I'm in my fucking house. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm in my house. And even when I got my new house, I didn't change my address. Don't nobody know where I live. I done been on Google like, fuck this shit. It's in the business. Like, I'm putting mm-hmm. it in a, in a business name that can't nobody find. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember I did, somebody did, uh, no, my house was uh, just featured um, in House Beautiful magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was also featured on Fox 29. Okay. Don't put where I live at. Yeah. Don't put nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Philadelphia area. Like, don't put shit on here. You know what I mean? That people can, yeah. in any way, shape, or form, come and find me. We had somebody show up at my warehouse and told my son, I used to braid your mom hair when she was little. And my son was like, who the fuck? And, and gave my son some, some New York chicken uh, flyers. Like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, People are strange. Like, they are, it, they are, it's weird. People are not well. <laughs> it's weird. And that internet shit, again, that social media Yo. thing, it is so weird. And especially with our challenge, it was like, People thought that I was their savior. Yeah. And I, and for their, you know, for the money that they paid to enroll in the challenge, like I was their personal coach and that mm-hmm. they needed access to me all the yeah, time. I need 24 7 access. And, and when I didn't give it to them, the tides turned. Yeah. You know what I mean? They unfollowed me. They hated me. They did, the, you know what I mean? It was like all of these things, and I'm really just here trying to help people. So it's like, you literally sit and think about, I'm literally just here trying to help people. And the fact that the things that I'm doing are being taken out of context or somebody is hating me because I'm not giving them enough attention. Like, people even make comments like, they'll make a, a, a fucked up ass comment and then we reply to it. Oh, but you didn't reply to my to my nice comment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they say shit like that because they really, it's unfortunately a lot of people just want attention. For sure. So, it, it's, it's hard out here. So, get ready. Yes. <laughs> I'm busting niggas' heads. I'm telling you right now. Get ready, but that's why you see. And if you look at it now, a lot of people have taken a step back. Yeah. From social media. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not what it. What it because it's it, not what it used to be. Kev today said, and then Kev was like, "I haven't seen like someone without a blue check in two, three weeks." It's like everybody's just like kind of gone, and it's just like yeah, it's just like a thing now. Yeah. Like I don't even crave it no more. It's like you yeah. you keep it up for your business. Like I said, for my for yeah. my business, I got a new social media manager, but I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore right like i didn't want to have to be on there and and then you got to play the game with the algorithm and it it was it's too much yeah you know what i'm saying i was like i didn't want to do that no more and so when i hired this company it was like such a weight was lifted off of me Mm -hmm. that now i can again go back to doing the things that i love and it makes it more enjoyable and like even in my comments and like stuff my stories my dms are turned off my replies are turned off. <laughs> Everything is turned off. Like, you can literally just watch me. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, if I open it up, it's like I'm going to talk. But I have my anxiety is right. so bad that it's just it's overwhelming. It is. It, is definitely it becomes a, a, a part it becomes an overwhelming thing. And I think people don't talk about it yeah, as much, especially if like, you know, I love my community. I love FBF. I love my customers. You know what I'm saying? Um but for me and my anxiety, it can just become, like, too much, too much. And then people don't respect boundaries a lot. Exactly. And then when you try to enforce your boundaries, like, you're mean. And right. We hate you. And, you know. So, it's, we got to play the game. And it's a part of business. But it's it's a way to manage it better. Without a doubt. So. Damn. It's a lot to think about. It got, it got heavy at the time. <laughs> it was just like. You know, because I think I said 
that people don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And I think every time I've been to like somewhere to speak, I've always wanted to touch on this subject because again, people don't talk about it enough. You only see a certain thing. You see yeah, start people, a business, get rich, get a exactly, G-Wagon. Exactly, you see, exactly, yeah, that's exactly, it. That's, that's, that's it. The, that's get the, a G-Wagon, put a bow on it, and everything is amazing and <laughs> yeah. happy. And, you know, Life is you, good. You don't talk about all the things that become a part of that. You don't talk about your mental health and being the only person being the boss. You know, mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it is easier to have a nine-to-five job when you are not Hello. responsible for yo, everything. Yo. You know what I mean? You don't have to look at the analytics. You don't have to look at the – like, you literally show up, you do your job, you go home, you know you want to get a check. Mm-hmm. You know very, what I'm saying? It's very thinkless. It's, it's very – it's like – but when you are an entrepreneur, you're running your own business, you are the boss. Yep. You are the one that are cutting the checks. You know what I mean? You got to think about your employees and and staff and all the things that like you have so many things that you have to think about um, outside of everything else. And that's not really talked about. And so I, I make it my mission every time I get a camera or a mic in front of me, it's like, let's talk about this. Right. Let's talk about yeah. this part of it, because had somebody told me I might have been able to navigate it. A little bit better. Yeah, it wouldn't have been such an abrupt thing when it exactly. came to you. You would have been prepared exactly. for it. And then also surrounding yourself with other people who are going through the same thing mm-hmm. as you and other people who've been there and, you know, who you can talk to and who can say, okay, this is what's, this is what's about to happen. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> get yourself prepared for it. Yeah. This is how it's going to go and this is how it's going to be. So, that's all. Yeah. This has been excellent. That's been phenomenal. Uh, we appreciate you, that. your presence. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> we appreciate you, your presence. We appreciate your time, uh, you know, joining us while you on sabbatical and uh, just dropping all of these gems, man, and just, you know, just being your authentic self. We appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, no, really. Like it's, it's, This is a good conversation. Yeah, you, you kind of, I'm like, I need to get more guns, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's because people are nuts. People, people are, are nuts. people are absolutely, and we're not even nuts. close to that to that big big level that we want to be at. But we've dealt with it, and and it just it, you know I'm thinking about all of that stupid yeah. shit, and it's just like Jesus Christ, man. Like yeah, even like you know you can't show your house, yeah, you can't show, at all. You can't yeah. show where you at. You know you got to post. I was here 20 days ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like it's, you on the highway posting the restaurant. Right. You got to be, you have to be very mindful these days mm-hmm. of the things that you say, the things that you do, where you are. You know what I mean? It's like, because you never know. Yep. You never know. Did who. you say you went somewhere recently and they thought they saw a ghost? Yeah. Some club. Like, what you doing here? <laughs> not, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Funny you brought that up because I'm actually not here. Me, yeah. I'm not here. Like, no. I'm, I'm 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 in the house somewhere, minding my business by myself. And it's like, and the other thing I think about that is that it also does a disservice for, we talk about being role models. It's like, you should be able to see black millionaires yeah, that are not basketball players, mm. rappers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kids should be able to see that. And it shouldn't make you a target. And it shouldn't make you a target, exactly. However, they can't see that because so many regular... And ain't this wild? It's like the athletes, the rappers, again, they can be openly rich. 
You know what I'm saying? Drawlingly yeah. rich. Drawlingly rich. Eight chains. Every time they four talk, watches. every time they talk to us, it's to tell us how rich how, they are. How they can, rich they can and be, unrich we are. <laughs> they can be OD rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's okay. I know where this is going. But the the what they used to call it next back in the day, the millionaire next door. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they used to make books about it and, <laughs> yeah. do, and do exposés about this teacher who lives two houses down, but she's a millionaire. You know yeah. what I mean? The millionaire next door. Has to hide. Yep. And not and act like they don't have the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then they're the target. Because and they're more accessible. Because they're more accessible. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, but kids should be able to see that. Yeah. It's I mean, because it's it's a better real world example of what success looks like. Exactly. And and it's more obtainable. Exactly. Like the reality, like to be Serena Williams is some one in a million shit. Right, right. To be Zakia Blaine is not. Exactly. As, as crazy as it might seem, exactly. it's really not. Because look at how many people we got that are doing all these successful things. Right. But it's one 22-time Grand Slam winner. Right. Like, and, and that's the craziest part. You'll have kids. Like I, I say it all the time. You go to like school, and you know you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be when you grow up? I remember we was young. I want to be the president. And it'd be like, no one is succeeding at that. <laughs> in this, it's 43 of them. Right. In right. life. Right, exactly. Ain't none of y'all gonna be <laughs> This is just dumb. And we should right. be able to be that. And I remember, um, I don't know if y'all know Aisha Seldon or have heard of her. I heard the name. Um, but she did my conference and she said, I promised myself I would be unapologetically black and unapologetically wealthy. And that resonated because why do I have to hide? Right. Why can't I say I am rich? Because I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like... Other people need to see that. And other people who are coming up need to see that. Like, I look at all these CEOs barbing them, and you know what I mean? And Milan, and like, and I'm looking, I'm like, damn, like, it's literally so many women out here getting to it. Really, really, really getting to it. Really, really getting to it. You know what I'm saying? And for me, that is inspirational. That is not no hating type shit. That is literally like, damn, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. You get what I'm saying? And there's other little girls who are looking at that and mm-hmm. they should be able to see in this women's history month. Like people should be able to see that you don't have to be an artist, uh, you know, a Serena Williams that again, it is more attainable. And I think for us, it was like, Oh, you have to be a lawyer, a doctor, you yep. know what I mean? Right. A basketball player, yeah. a singer and things like that. And when really or on a Supreme an team. entertainer and, and, and let's call a spade a spade. The entertainers, the singers, they might be famous. Yeah, but not all of them are, are but rich. Not all of them are rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I think I saw a, a, one of the a, a podcasts of one of Soraya who was on uh, Empire, and she was saying how, like, she was getting $5,000 an episode. Like, she was famous. She was only getting $5,000 Yeah, know, and exactly. by the time you take taxes out of it and everything else. Yeah, she's getting 3100 or whatever. 3100 <laughs> That's a regular job. You on TV. But again, that's what we were taught and trained to aspire to. Yeah, yeah. we equate being seen Famous, with, fam- exactly, with wealth. Famous, exactly, with wealth. Exactly. And we have these archetypes in the black community that, like, pigeonhole our youth to, like, what they aspire to be. Right. Not realizing, like, when you talk about, like, you know, like white youth and stuff like that, they literally believe like the sky's the limit. I can do whatever I want. I could own a pistachio farm and get rich. Like <laughs> Michael Rubin is the second richest man in Pennsylvania and Forbes, and he was shaving skates. 
Listen. Like, that's what he was doing. Shaving skates and he started buying mem- clothes out uh, wholesale sneaker goods, sneakers and sporting goods from, like, models and shit like that. Listen. Like, no, you've never in your life seen nobody, everybody black. You, I don't know black people you know. Nobody was like, I'm going to get a blade sharp. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's going to be the start. Like, yeah. It's going to do the that's thing That's going to be the start me. to my $50 billion empire. Right. right. <laughs> but then you'll have a, a bunch of young kids that are just like, we're going to play football. And it's just be like, you might. Like, one of y'all might. One of y'all might get a shot, might. maybe. But it's not It's not like, going to happen, you know what I mean, yeah. for everybody. And I think that needs to have a bigger conversation. And I think that's also another reason why I do the things I do. And like I said, today I was talking about credit and, and you know, and how people with money leverage their debt um, to get more money. Um, but, again, talking from somebody who had no money, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to somebody who does have money. So I'm going to show you how, how you do it. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? And that, that is, I, that's one thing. I, we've done a lot with this show. We've done a lot of things, tours, different things. This is actually, like, I'm happy about this. This whole situation we're doing with all the women. Because mm-hmm. it is decent to show it off where it's like you look at you, Devin Milan, Morgan and Chelsea, both the Alicia's. Um, like I said, Catherine Gilmore Richardson, we're going to have Barb. Or, these are black women from, they live down the street. From, right, right. Legitimately from up the block, yeah. from uptown, West Philly. Maui used to be my neighbor. Say it used to be my neighbor. Yeah, like, <laughs> grew, up on, grew up on the same block as you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Went through all the same things as you. Went to the same high schools, been through the same drama. Same. So it's just like showing you to where it's like, yo, if you wake up tomorrow and just decide, yo, I want to do this. You can get it done. You can. You look at us with this pipe. When we started this shit, we was just like, uh, I'm like, all right, cut the mic on. We're going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so and we look up now and have sold out shows there and selling merch and doing all these partnerships. It's just like, damn. Chad was a fucking genius. Exactly. Like, and, and we did it. You know what I mean? but And it, we did it. And it's also not overnight because y'all just right. celebrated six, six years. years. Six right? years, yeah. So it's not also an overnight thing no. as well. You know, I've been in business for 10 years. You know what I mean? I don't think I made my first million until I was like five, six years mm-hmm. in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's the consistency yeah. of sticking to something. Yep. And I think we live in this microwave society where people see these influencers making this money and doing this and this. It's like, no. Sometimes you got to stick to this shit. Yeah. And it's not always going to be up. You know, exactly. like I said, I'm literally sitting here talking about my business being down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm not like. Andre Ingram didn't play his first NBA game till he was 30. You know what I mean? And he got in that motherfucker and hit four threes. Remember the game? Mm-hmm. And he went off. <laughs> and it's just like, and they gave him like standing applause. He became like player of the day and all. And it's just like his first NBA, he played in the. NBDL uh, for what was it eight or nine seasons like you, you never gotta, gotta you gotta up. stick to it yeah, it's like so. you gotta stick to the dream yep. you gotta stick to the goal and if it's not happening the way you wanted to have it you gotta you gotta pivot you know what I mean yep. Yep. you gotta pivot figure out what else can work and what, what can work and if you gotta give it up give it up but exactly. don't don't give it up until you try until everything. you exhaust until all you of your exhaust measures all yeah. efforts you know yeah. what I mean exhaust all your efforts and if you gotta give it up give it up but then also find a way to pivot into something else but I think it's like you gotta stick to it this shit don't happen overnight you know they say an overnight success happens in 10, ten years year. take 10 right? years, take to, make ten years to be an overnight success success so it's like you got to see the behind the scenes of this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was paying winners from my school district paycheck. You know what I mean? I had started FBF and had a negative $1.62 in my fucking bank account. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like 
it's been all peaches and cream the whole time. But, and I, I was doing the credit thing and I'm like, damn, I remember it. Again, people have been in my community so long. They remember this. I'm like, I remember I had to go apply for a secure credit card because mm-hmm. I had fucked my credit up so much. And we talk about a start from scratch. Not managing my money. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? I had to go get a $500 secure credit card. And literally the other day I was writing down all my credit cards and I was like, literally I got like 10 credit cards with unlimited amount of money access to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Years ago, I had nothing. Right. So you can literally change whatever circumstance you are in if you are just willing to try. And I think a lot of people don't get that. They want it easy. They don't want to have to do the work. They don't want to have to grind for it. They don't want to have to be down sometimes and humble themselves. I used to sell fucking credit card applications for a dollar at Granite Run Mall back in the day. I used to work at a fucking gas station selling cigarettes. You know what I mean? We used to sell credit card applications. So remember back in the day when the colleges used to be, when the credit card companies used to be on colleges? Okay. Yeah, on the and campuses. And they would get and you to sign up for credit card applications? Uh, you would get a dollar an application. Right. Everyone that get filled out, you everyone get a dollar. Everyone that get filled out, you would get a dollar. So I would be on my, I would be at Plymouth <laughs> Meeting Mall, Granite Run Mall, doing what, and this is when I first had, when I had my son and I was in college. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that I was never too proud to fucking work. And I think that also gave me that spirit of where I am now. It's like, I'm never too proud. Like you said, if I got to go pack packages. Then that's what got to get done. Then that's what got to get done. I don't want to. But if I got to, (laughs) I will. You know what I'm saying? everybody called out. Exactly. I'm on my way. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? Like, nobody's at work today. We need extra hands. Here I come. You know what I'm saying? But that's what's going to get the job done. And I think that's also what makes a good leader. Because yeah. when you have to manage people and you have to manage your staff, mm-hmm. you have to, they have to know that you are in it with them. And they're going to work, work harder for you. Absolutely. That's absolutely when, right. when they know that you are in it and you're not just looking at them as employees. employees some numbers. You know what I mean? you in it with them. So, yes, yeah. But that's it. That's all I got. That's how you killed it. Hey man, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, yellow button. Yeah, we got time. two big claps. You can't hear them, but they in there. <laughs> they gonna hear them. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there? As as we always say, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash official TRP. If you're not on YouTube already, you're probably watching us on YouTube. 85% of y'all are not subscribed. Yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash at TRP. Uh, hit Listen, the bell hit the and uh, go to trpmerch.com. Grab y'all some merch, man. We got a new collection coming out next week. Um, other than that, man, uh, it's Chad, it's Matt, it's Zakia Blaine, FBF Body. We out. We out. We out.